0: Download the app, Bet Big, Win Bigger. And I gotta tell you, I really like the sound of that. And with WinBet, it's just that easy. WinBet has what you need to win, including boosted same-game parlays for the upcoming NBA action after the football season. So if you're from Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, sign up today to receive this special offer. New users can take advantage of WinBet's Bet $10, Win $200 offer. Just bet $10 and win 200 in free bets. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynbet.com. Download the app, bet big, and win bigger. And let's get after it. Terms and conditions apply, must be 21 or older and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER, and in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789. Welcome to the Greenlight Podcast.
1: Ow, mm. ah.
2: We've got a packed show for you today. Chris and Macon react to Elon Musk buying Twitter and Angel Hernandez versus Kyle Schwarber. We also talked some more protesters in the NBA playoffs, Ben Simmons and KD. We then have Les Sneed on. He's going to talk about the 2022 draft strategy for the LA Rams and his catchphrase, bleep them picks. Kyle then portals into Studio J to join Chris and New England Patriots offensive lineman Trent Brown. We talk about re-signing with New England, his advice to O Lyman, and his very scary hospitalization. Stick around to the end for that one and enjoy your day.
3: igdm name redacted parts of the dm redacted just listen to y'all segment on jesus i'll stop right there not a sentence i thought i was going to read ever
0: no if you'd have said like yeah this is here's a dm from your future line of work
3: right i would say what's a dm years ago yeah you say what's a dm yeah i would say what's a dm seriously last year i've well, who knows I've,
0: anymore elon musk just took over twitter yeah we'll yeah, talk yeah. About in a second. i
3: happen to be an ordained united methodist pastor yikes and i oh what do you mean
0: no i mean yikes he's probably gonna he's oh. gonna get biblical on us and i
3: couldn't stop laughing <laughs> there you go that's great to hear as part of the lesser known white liberal christian crew i'd be happy to come talk shop about the properly yet incorrectly rated jesus and uh, a few other things thanks for always bringing the weekly entertainment so i was so moved by that igdm that i've i see that i've forgotten to respond but that was a delight we started a a show or two ago you
0: had me he had me in the first quarter yeah right half whatever it is with uh
3: with jesus and his and his rating
0: i thought we i thought we came out looking good there
3: yeah you were even i listened back you were swaying me a bit right cap might be underrated a little bit underrated. Yeah. But we have a pastor here saying properly rated, so maybe we do get him on the program. Maybe Jesus is our corner.
0: Reports, sources are telling me that Ryan Rossello thinks he's properly rated.
3: Really? Yeah. He said that?
0: Yeah, as an ode to that old segment there. Okay. That used to take place when Jesus was around. Okay. Yeah. They would know, Scott and Ryan. Old, old ass.
3: Old Old ass. Fox. Enjoy it for now.
0: You'll oh, be dead soon. Yep,
3: you're you're about to be dead. <laughs>
0: That's when this podcast really takes off.
3: Yeah, I mean, I feel it's but all not, the older ones. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um,
3: I'm only I'm only I I'm only thirty five.
0: Yeah, I'm thirty seven, yeah. but I'm also I'm probably healthier than you.
3: Oh, easily.
0: Okay, so we'll probably I mean, it was also. your job to be healthy. For probably, like a yeah. Long time. We'll, we'll go out together. Okay. Okay.
3: Yeah. But you, you carry around more mass. Yeah, that's so true. So I, I could yeah, last a little right. longer. Yeah, yeah. Right. It'll, be, it'll be interesting to see how but this plays out. if somebody
0: breaks into your house and Brad can't pick up the phone.
3: Dude, I'm not kidding you on this. Yeah. Last two nights, I don't get up to go pee in the middle of the night. I'm just... I Healthy prostate. Uh, I hold it. Last two nights, 3.30 a.m. You hold your piss in the middle of the night? I don't, I don't hold it intentionally. I don't have to get up to go. Okay. Except for the last two nights. And I go to the bathroom... Uh, motor vehicles are idling outside my home Really? And going up to the cul-de-sac and coming back out. Really? Yeah. No kidding. So. Might be time to mount up. I'll be calling my dad yeah, no on question. this one, rest assured. But yeah, yeah, yeah. If I die before you, no, don't care about that. If you die before me, I'll look after everything for you, you know?
0: Yeah, please do. I'm not worried about that one thing. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about that. What's that? Oh, usually that means like when you go to prison or you die, like we'll look after you, like somebody's gonna like take care of your wife.
3: Oh, I just, yeah. I mean, your your family broadly and just <laughs>
0: all of your. I'm not worried about the one thing. They'll probably marry a Dolphins fan or
4: something weird like that.
0: Yeah. So Elon Musk took over Twitter. That's official now?
4: Yeah, so Musk is buying Twitter and taking it private he's paying a total of $44 billion or $54.20 a share, which is actually a 38% premium over the share price.
0: Why is the app still on my phone? I don't yeah. mean this is like, I'm mad that Elon Musk took over Twitter. I know that people talk about like misinformation, and Donald Trump's gonna be back and that sort of thing. I think we have a bigger problem than misinformation. I think we have a problem with people that they welcome misinformation. I don't, I think we have an intelligence issue in this, uh, in this country. So where I stand on it, I hope he fucking burns the thing to the ground.
3: That would be cool.
0: Turn it the fuck off. I wrote,
3: I wrote right here. Turn it off. Turn it
0: off. It's like if I could buy all the cars in Charlottesville just so I could turn them off. So no more road noise. That's what Elon Musk needs to do with Twitter. Just turn it the fuck off, dude. No, honestly, but you could put like, is there an edit button now? Yeah, there isn't yet. No edit button would be great. And honestly, you know, like if this guy's got a hard on to put Donald Trump back online, like sometimes I think it's good for everybody to realize how stupid we are.
3: Yeah, then then he could uh, more easily mobilize his following and win the presidency again.
0: I feel like Donald Trump has been has been uh, what, what is it called like uh, ghostwriting for 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 drill, win. So like we already have like a Donald Trump online. Like, we don't need another Donald Trump going to be like, who is this parody account for Wint?
4: I wish that he would just make Twitter like a sports-only landscape. I could care less about all of the stuff that's on there about politics. You don't but care I, about I, voting rights? Apparently not. At least not huh. what the opinions are of people on Twitter about it. I think we're overlooking something big here. With Elon Musk's uh, Neuralink, yeah. it's going to link to your Twitter account, and all your thoughts are just going to be automatically tweeted. Like, like that south park episode
0: oh god and all the du- all the dudes who were and i'm drawing a straight line to the dudes that hate bill gates for trying to put a chip in you are just opening their legs for elon musk put it here elon put the
4: chip right here control everything i do that's not a problem can you imagine if macon's stream of consciousness was tweeted
3: no no
0: yeah delete that browsing history I'll tell you what man like twitter is a it's a toxic place um there's probably a lot of work he can do with it to make it function more cleanly. I'm not exceedingly polarized on a political spectrum when it comes to like Elon Musk taking over Twitter because I don't care about twitter I know that twitter like is is a tremendous tool for people like who want to spread misinformation, but I think we have a bigger problem in this country is has people falling for misinformation like you know, so I, I'm not really I'm not really moved by that argument. Blow it up. What would happen if we blew Twitter up and you woke up tomorrow? How would your life be better or worse?
3: Doom scrolling's gone. Okay. Putting out socials on Twitter is also gone.
0: Great. That sounds good. Like every other podcaster wouldn't have Twitter either. I would be totally fine. It would be about the art. It wouldn't be about it wouldn't be about tweeting. It'd be about the art. Which happens right here in this room on this microphone. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I feel like for that reason we'd be better off. Word of mouth. Word of mouth. I'd probably just go to Instagram.
3: Yeah, that would still be around. Facebook. Instagram. That TikTok. That was,
0: that was good guys.
3: Twitter, are we married to the bird? No. Be a peacock.
4: I really hope they don't shut it down. I need it during the NFL draft. It's fun.
0: Yeah, it is fun. It, it's good for information. If they could just figure out another way to get us sports, like, in real time and news in real time. Like, you know what would be great? An app where, hey, you want to argue about something? We'll argue, like, let's take this outside the app for a second. And we can connect and, and we, can, uh, we can say, hey, like, all right, debate begins it's not an audience debate unless we unless we say it is. Like, do you want to come join this spate and, space and hear us debate? I don't want people debating online anymore. You have too much time to research your answer. You can act like you were taking the trash out. Go Google a bunch of shit. You can act like you didn't see the tweet. Like, if you're going to debate somebody, like, get in a fucking space or something like it. Invite people in or don't. Uh, and I think Twitter should be more about like sharing. Uh, I don't know ideas and shit than debating things that never actually get ruled upon. Like, nobody's ever been like, that person won that Twitter argument. And people pick and choose. It's like a a presidential debate, which isn't gonna happen anymore, right? Not on the Republican side, that's their way to get Trump back in. Like, nobody's held to their argument. Nobody's pinned down. You can always just walk away from the app and act like you had something to do.
4: Maybe that's what Elon Musk could do. Like If somebody was criticizing Ben Simmons for um, not playing after saying like all these positive things about him six months ago, maybe they should just get kicked off the app, like a hypocrisy clause or something.
0: I don't know, man. It's a slippery slope, which is why I don't think this, this experiment really works. I just hope he deletes it.
3: Now, would you ever consider deleting your profile.
0: Sure. But like part of the thing is, dude, if I delete my profile, then what happens to this podcast? We have
3: some business obligations.
0: We have some business obligations.
3: Course light segment coming
0: up. Course light draft segment coming up with less sneed. Things like that. So um stick around for that. And then we've got uh Trent Brown on the back end, maybe the biggest guest of all time. We'll talk about that. We'll figure that out.
3: There's a Water Boys event, uh our tonight, your last night. As
0: soon as we get the money out of this, I'm deleting my Twitter. So this is the last thing. I'm joking, but not that you care. I'm excited about this event, man. I back when you know I started the the Waterboys deal, uh, I saw that a lot of people in foundation, you know, Chris Long Foundation, I found it cool that everybody had a golf tournament. I felt like that was the I've arrived moment in like being an athlete and having a charity. Like for years now, I've been one of the uncool kids. Now I have a golf tournament with my name on it. Which is uh, it's an abomination, really, because I don't play golf. Uh, it's for addicts. The people that are in town at this this tournament are addicted to golf, and it's sick. Like some of them don't even want to see me. It's just they just they have to get their fix. You know what I mean? I've been through this thing, uh, but I'm happy to host them. It's awesome. And all all seriousness, a lot of awesome people here. You know, saw Devin McCordy earlier, Gus Farad, Nate Boyer. You know, Kyle Long. He's Kyle Long has stacked his team. He's fixed uh, the match. He was like, hey, can I bring a couple friends on my team? And I was like, yeah, give me the names. And he gave me the names, and he Googled them. They're all golf pros. (laughs) It should be fun. It really should. And, like, today I had to welcome everybody, and I didn't set foot on the golf course. It's kind of like an invisible um, fence for a dog. Like, if I get near a golf course, uh uh-uh. You know, it's like a barrier of for for entry. For are
3: you me. worried about the, the sucking, the time suck? What are you worried about golf?
0: If I hit a ball into the rough, like too far, if it goes in the trees, I don't want to hit a ball again. So now you're like, oh, you hit your next, hit your next shot. Like, my next shot is going to be my third shot, right? It's like, you know, like- You're if, taking a drop? No, I mean like yeah, a drop or something. I hate that when you got to add a stroke oh, when
3: you're hitting it out of bounds. It would be
0: yeah. I would play golf if I didn't have any stroke penalties.
3: Oh, okay. Like if I
0: could take free drops, I would do that. It's fun, but I really want to keep score, and I don't have the focus to add up nine nine strokes, seven strokes, nine strokes.
3: Now, as long as you avoid the the drink as they call it, you can pretty much play it from anywhere.
0: I think I'm going to play tomorrow. Okay, here we go. Set the over under on um, what I'll shoot.
3: You don't play golf? No. 18
0: holes? Is it 18? <laughs> That's
4: a full course, yeah. What if
0: I do nine holes tomorrow? Kay. What do you think I shoot on nine? Uh, no, I know it's a full course, but I don't know if the charity challenge, It's a pretty tough time to do it's 18. It's a pretty
4: tough course there, Boris. It's, it's
0: not a really a, tough yeah. course.
3: And real deal Holyfield, nine, your score?
0: Yeah, if you guys were to set an over under on that. 82? On a nine holes. Yeah. And are you taking the over or the under?
3: 82 and a half and uh over
0: over anybody else over over read
2: under
3: wow where okay. would you set what's it the cowboy bet? what's the bet
2: i'd We're, say
0: 75
3: okay you're really playing huh? I, I
0: might just if we have something riding on this thing
3: here's the thing if, if you swing and yeah. it dribbles off the t like one no i know okay
0: I'm fine with that. I'm okay. fine with a dribbler. I just, I'm, I don't want one dribbling in a lake.
3: And then where you might get in trouble is all the putting.
0: No, putting, I'm pretty good. Short game's good, ironically. Okay. Everywhere else, not a short game. Going. Well,
3: getting it out of the trap.
0: Yeah. Trap, fine. Yeah. Yeah.
3: You can't ground your club in the sand trap, by the way. Do you know what that means? You can't touch it. Can't touch the sand.
0: That was implied. Okay. Only robots needed that exact sentence. 82 and a half. 82 and I'm and taking half. the under on that. Okay. Good luck. Any terms? What do you want to bet? I don't know.
4: Maybe something that, you know. Maybe a little roller coaster in Vegas type bet.
0: Dude, I'm going on the roller coaster. I don't need to lose that bet. Think about it. Okay. You at home. Think about it.
3: Hey, I'm hosting a little bit of a live auction.
0: Good for you. There last
3: night. Yeah. I'm really worried about not having not bringing the the energy your A game because you know in this setting I'm sort of the the counterpuncher like I feed off of you if I were to host this show alone it would be it would be very bad it's a different bad. deal I'm glad that <laughs> it would, to, it would no, be incredibly bad no I no I think you'd
0: be good like if I put you in the chair to do a podcast like one time I think it'd be really good thanks but to do it, it 7 might, times it might be
3: like NPR more than Greenlight Pot. maybe so I'm kind of worried about hey everybody i got i got
0: i, I there's a uh, there's a technique here you want to know what it is yeah alcohol
3: for them for me too for you uh, definitely
4: yeah definitely for you dude you were for just you, talking we can... about gin and being nervous like, yeah we're gonna combo. drink gin
0: tonight
3: but i don't exercise you know so i'm still i'm i'm, I'm towing that line where i don't want to mortality Oh, I don't. No, no, no. Checkpoint. I, Checkpoint. I just don't want to be carrying around all this excess weight. I'm just so. Just so you know, you. If, if the if the live auction goes poorly, yeah, uh, it's it's probably on
4: me. Your fault. Yep. You should do your catchphrase tonight. I'll explain that love. to the kids in Tanzania. <laughs> no, I was thinking of the other catchphrase, the one we normally start this show with, as you might do right now.
3: Hello. Oh, I can say that, and yeah. then everybody'll be like, eh. "Who are we saying hello to?" Charleston, South Carolina. That's
0: right, because I got to enjoy Charleston, South Carolina this weekend. I went down there for High Water Festival. I really like Charleston. Charleston is up there for me. Uh, I had my bachelor party there. Really enjoyed Charleston. The one issue with Charleston um, is there's a lot of young, aggressive males in Charleston that that you can tell are are peacocking around looking for some trouble. I'm 37 years old, I don't really look for trouble. Uh, But I love everything else about Charleston. Uh, Charleston is fucking awesome. I I realized as soon as I was drinking uh, uh, whatever I was drinking at Coconut Joe's in the afternoon, we were down on Isle of Palm, which
3: is Mm. awesome, awesome. I had a a senior year beach week there. No shit. Yeah.
0: It's really awesome. I was at Coconut Joe's and I saw a dirt bike on the the beach and I was like, this is the place. This place has no rules. It's like Sodom and Gomorrah. It's like, uh, without the anal sex, <laughs> the biblical. Uh, but like, they, they, what? <laughs> you're laughing. You can laugh into the mic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're not laughing, Meg? Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, it's like Sodom and Gomorrah replaced the anal with like Spanish moss. I love Charleston. Hey, what's soon as I saw of- that dirt bike, I was like, this is the Jersey Shore of the South without so many rules. Like, when I go up to Jersey Shore, like, there's a lot of rules. Like, Charleston's like, oh, that's optional here. We're not worried about that.
3: That's where our guy, uh, well, nearby, Danny McBride, Virginian Danny McBride sets up shop.
0: I think Danny McBride sets up shop near there. I get it. I think Bo Murray sets up shop near there. I get it. It is fucking awesome, dude. What's
3: the name of that uh, tree they like so much in that state?
0: I don't really know. It's on their
3: flag and everything. I got it, I got it. Palmetto.
0: There you go. Yeah, Palmetto, uh, is that, the, is the Palmetto? Yes, Palmetto's sir. on the flag. But the coolest trees are the ones that canopy out really far and they got the moss dripping off. Those are elite trees. Put that on my elite tree. But yeah, we went down we'll see there. the he looking
3: Moss dripping moss ass tree dripping in ass South trees. Carolina.
0: So we, we saw My Morning Jacket, we saw a few other acts, and then I had to leave early Sunday morning for a seven hour board meeting yesterday. Uh, so you talk about like a heroic effort. I'll give myself this one working on three hours sleep, two nights in a row, mm. four hours sleep, two nights in a row, and end up, uh, well, you know, I didn't have my aura ring, so I don't know, maybe it was like two. Uh, you know what alcohol does to your to your REM sleep, and then woke up and had to get back in town by 11 a.m. for a board meeting. Didn't get home till 9 p.m. last night, so I'm really excited about this pod uh, because we've got great guests that are gonna dominate the show. We'll get there in a second, but until then, Uh, a couple things that popped up
4: did you guys see the uh baseball freak out yesterday so angel hernandez the umpire was struggling in the philly milwaukee game and at the end of the game kyle schwarber got called out and just totally freaked out i appreciated his freak out because it was completely rational at the time uh what would your baseball freak out be
3: don't we call him angel don't we call him angel hernandez
4: yeah. I, went, I went with on hell because I saw an accent mark but I could be wrong I don't okay I don't All really right. know
0: sorry sorry for being myself or like devil Hernandez yeah right Speaking of the Bible theme we got going on here
3: here's what I would do I would um not not slowly but um, what's it called uh, methodically I would begin to disrobe I would take oh my, my god hand. naked yes that was one of my that, yes like what are y'all gonna do here comes my jersey there goes my helmet
0: it's now my pants. a middle-aged white guy in a jockstrap. Yeah,
3: and I'm going to keep going.
4: Go further, dude. Put, yeah. put pine tar all over your body. Start rolling in the infield.
0: Correct. Y'all want to come tackle me? I'm doing angels in the outfield covered in pine tar naked. Yep, yep, Until yep. Until somebody cuts the broadcast. They probably will have already cut the broadcast. But they won't want that to happen again. So what they're going to do is they're going to get on Hell or Angel Hernandez out of there. And they're going to get somebody who calls 95% accurate, you know, strikes and balls. He's at 85%. That's unacceptable. That's a stain on our game.
3: After your tantrum, Angel Hernandez is going to be saying, uh, we got two balls, one strike. (laughs) That's kind of like a male genitalia joke.
0: Got it. That's good.
3: Yeah. That's good.
4: He Um, He actually missed a pitch yesterday that was called a strike that was outside the zone by six and a half inches.
0: Angels can fly, right? I
3: mean, those balls are going fast.
0: They are going fast, but that's their
4: job.
3: I've, I, I, have you ever done this? That's I have.
0: That's like, the, that's like the air traffic controller guy being like, but those planes. There are a lot man. of them. There are just so many. They're I'm coming like, and
3: going, going and coming. Yeah. Don't they have people flying It It's not all my fault. But for serious, have you ever stood behind a, a catcher?
0: I haven't. Yeah, in like coach pitch. And by the end of the game, I was like getting, I basically, parents were getting on my ass.
3: Like on the plate, off the plate. All right. Okay. Yeah. Left, left, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But top down, that seems like it would be difficult. Top down's tough. Like I'm there's standing movement, behind you.
0: There's more movement on baseballs than ever now, I feel like, and at a higher speed than ever. So it's like.
3: Right. Where are we calling pitches it? when it crosses are being the
0: in, plate? Invented.
4: This is exactly why we need robot umpires. Hmm.
0: This is one place, okay? I'm ready to make this. In the interest of the Phillies, uh, and you know my stance on being anti-robot, um, I tried to talk up to a guy about automation this week. Super fucked up on mushrooms. I was talking about automation at the seawall. Um, I was sitting on the seawall. <laughs> I wasn't super fucked up. But I was sitting on the seawall in Charleston talking to a guy from uh, Indiana named, God damn it, what was his name? I just want to shout this guy out. We were talking about automation for a while. Um, I am a proponent of automation in Major League Baseball. Uh, I will come out as saying so. I think robot umpires would be great. Um, I also think, like, what you take away there is the umpire's ability to, like, put some pizzazz and flair on his, his ball and strike call, like... That's that's all about me. That's a me thing, dude.
3: I like to I like to toss the, the apple up in there and then shoot it with an arrow.
0: That would be your strike call. Yeah. Strike out. You strike can't do out that three yeah. times. It's
3: my fucking. punch out. No.
0: But I I think robot umpires. I'm I'm ready to. I'm on team robot here, and Elon Musk would be happy with that. He's got robot cars, other robot things, robot fans,
3: tennis, our best sport. Robot
0: umps. Speaking of that. A third protester now in Minneapolis, right?
3: Yeah, three and oh I mean, there was one, the one, one, in, one in Memphis, Memphis but, but they're three and zero with protesters. Wolf, yep. But our girl didn't get too far. She didn't get too far. Security was on her, and it kind
0: of like, boy, it's funny because I think people would be a lot more mad at that tackle if they agreed with the protest. Like we'd be like, that was a little rough, you know, neutralizing that. A chicken fan.
3: Well, I think she just, I assume she just wanted to jump like over Glenn Taylor's seat. That was the point of it. But that, you got to know they're Hawkeye that security and
0: guard. You. I don't know what the tell was on that woman I think and her it friend. was,
3: I think it was probably two people creeping up near Glenn Taylor's seat. Yeah. Yeah. Acting a fool, yeah. breaking the camera phone out. But
0: why do they have those people in that seat, anyways? Like they should be escorted away immediately your if you, you're yeah, seats. Yeah. yeah. So I'm wondering what the tell was that it was like a was like an was all safety talk to me about uh where you guys land on this protest because i have no idea
4: all right so i was talking to you guys a little bit about this earlier so like i don't like the protests i hate them i think people going on the court at a basketball game is a dangerous precedent that we shouldn't encourage but because of these protests I actually went and researched what they're protesting
3: he's killing chickens matt
4: Yes, which I agree with. Like, if chickens are diseased, they need to be killed in order to not like infest other chickens or like infect a, other chickens. Excuse me. Like a pandemic. But right? what these people are protesting is the method They'll in let which.
0: Let that be Dr. Fauci.
4: <laughs> these people are protesting the method in which those chi- chickens were slaughtered, which is basically they turned off all the air conditioning and heated them to death.
3: Okay, that's oh. fucked. That sounds fucked up.
0: That's fucked. I'm now team protester.
3: How and how should we be killing them?
4: Humanely? I don't know exactly the route. Like, I think something quick, painless.
3: Yeah, I'm down with that. We just don't know what that is. I think, they, I think those
0: chickens should be asked to, to isolate. Along the CDC guidelines, they should isolate.
3: And hopefully it, they get better?
0: In quarantine. And hopefully it resolves itself. But in the event that it doesn't, maybe they die.
3: Ivermectin yeah <laughs> hydrochloric take one from the, cl- I know clean. that
0: <laughs> take one from the horse barn next door snag a few ivermectins give these chickens some ivermectin
3: I um chickens kind of spook me out you know
0: I wouldn't want to hold a chicken yeah
3: yeah No thanks. same garage
0: but I also don't want them killed in that way so yeah. I'm actually pulling for I guess Darren Bates would not like this but if I think the the protest is just, and I think uh, I think the, the the wolves might win the series now.
3: Oh, you know, throw a bunch of wolves in there, kill all the diseased chickens. There you go.
4: <laughs> That's not bad. Yes! Synergy. They just need to be a little bit more creative with their protests. Like glue lady got pulled off immediately. The Chain person lady. in the referee shirt, uh, like just got carried off immediately. Chain lady didn't seem like she had a great plan. Spray paint. Yeah, spray paint was good. What I would do is just, like, literally handcuff myself to one of the basketball players. Oh. How are they going to separate that?
3: Well, the said player would probably fight it off, I think, pretty <laughs> yeah, easily. Yeah, it's
4: hard to handcuff somebody.
0: Try to handcuff, like, one of the Jokic brothers. Try to, try to handcuff that guy.
3: Yeah. who Who's your handcuff target?
0: Oh, it's definitely Grayson Allen. I know he's not on the court.
4: I don't know. You probably wouldn't want to target one of the, like, most active players on the court because... you. They probably like run away. You wouldn't be able to catch him. I might try to find one of the guys on the bench or sitting at the scores table, like Jake Lehman or something.
0: Can you imagine after the game just hanging out with the player? It's like you both got to go to the drunk tank
3: <laughs> because nobody has the key. Yeah, how do we get the need the jaws of life to get the handcuff off? Right, Bro,
0: they would they would have to stop the whole game. The corner three guy has to go to the drunk tank.
3: Right, because that's not fair. That's a competitive disadvantage. We've got to wait until the player gets back. We can't finish this thing.
0: Anyways, I'm on Team Chicken, dude. I'm on Team Chicken. I now stand with... You, you ready for this? I'm standing with all of them. Okay. All the chickens, all the white ladies protesting.
3: I hope the chickens get better. I hope they do too. So they can be slaughtered humanely and we can eat them. We can <laughs> yeah, put them they... into a salad of some sort. Well,
0: I, not we... So that's very unique for me. I'm a pescatarian here. I'm the only one who can really speak on this topic. Yeah. Because I'm not one that actually eats chicken. So I feel like you guys might be a little bit biased, uh, but I, I I do agree with with the protesters.
4: And before we get to layup line, did you guys see the, the Pelicans now, even the series, the Suns, two to two?
3: I did see that. I did see that, Matt.
4: I would love to see a Pelicans... Uh, fucking,
0: uh, who would be the smallest market on, on the Eastern Conference side because I want to see the NBA's head explode two years in a row like you think it can't get any worse than Phoenix, Milwaukee in July here's New Orleans take Milwaukee
4: your pick. probably <laughs> Milwaukee again Yeah.
0: <laughs> like there are mornings I wake up and I'm like who won the NBA finals last year, takes me 30 seconds sometimes, that's not good not good it, it was the Bucs yeah, I know. Yeah, look at Mike Micah Parsons drop the puck.
3: Hooked him up with, and he's gonna drop the puck. I got in this area, and he got to wait for the guys. he was ready to drop the puck. So hey, we
0: just saw something off the chain. Who says there's nothing going on outside the draft? Micah Parsons <laughs> at a minor league hockey game, rolling up to center ice to drop the puck, and my man. Drop the puck.
3: That, just so you know. Yeah. Everybody go find the clip. That's going to be my energy at the live auction. (laughs) Okay, good. I'm here.
0: Here you go. There's an auction tonight. But honestly. Could
3: I drop a puck? You could drop a puck. Can I bring a puck? You can bring a puck. And that could be my one laugh. You would laugh.
0: No, I wouldn't. You
3: wouldn't laugh? I would stand you up so (laughs) hard there. Could I plan a wedding?
0: I will laugh when you ask me to laugh. But. Okay. The thing about Micah Parsons is number one, great job, Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons could do anything, and I'd be like, that's awesome. Secondly, uh, hockey, poor explainers of your customs, you know? Like explain to the kid what dropping the puck is. What he did is he walked right out and dropped the puck. There were no hockey men standing next to him. Like, you're supposed to drop the, the puck, and there's supposed to be hockey men standing there. Fake battle there were, no, for hockey, the puck. There were yeah. no hockey men. Micah Parsons just drops the puck. There's nobody standing at center ice. Micah Parsons has given me cover. No one ever knew it, but I did not know how to hit that bell at the Sixers game, and I was hitting the wrong part of the bell. Do you think somebody told you and you missed it? No, I don't think any. I think they thought it was so self-explanatory, a lot like dropping the puck. You know what I mean? Like I, I was like, "Where do I hit this fucking thing?"
4: So the Hershey Bears are tweeting an apology to him. We're so sorry for not explaining how a puck it's the most drop Canadian works. Canadian
0: thing ever, and I know it's Hershey, Pennsylvania, and you know it's a total hockey thing to say sorry.
3: So you're gonna walk out there and drop the puck got you got you bro mission accomplished mission
4: accomplished dude so when we were previewing the playoffs we thought that or i think i said that the Nets celtics would be the most competitive series it has not been the celtics are up three to zero yet and not yet right and yet and ben simmons was projected to come back for game four but now has declared that he has some back soreness and is not currently planning to play in game four which would mean he would not play for the whole season so what are you guys' thoughts on where we're at with Ben Simmons, which I know is a topic that's been talked about, but not very much on this pod.
0: They're gonna lose the series, right? Yeah. Okay, can I be a real like pragmatist here? I'm not playing Ben Simmons. If I wanna get anything out of Ben Simmons, the last thing I want is uh, him going out there and just laying a fucking egg and getting bullied even more. And then next year, you think he's, the, these people think he's the most mentally weak person in the game but they demand to see him out there playing against maybe the most mentally tough team in the NBA in the Boston Celtics. Like, you just want to serve them lunch, dude? Like, even a casual fan who's not a Nets fan. I don't even know who Nets fans are. Who are they?
3: Got a buddy named Mike. He's a Nets fan. Yeah.
0: Used to root for Keith Van Horn and shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a Drazen Petrovic fan. Oh, yeah, yeah, So, okay, those guys, I get it. But how how does that happen? You have to live in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. Okay. He's from Jersey. So we're the Nets fans now. And what, what, what do people care so much about outside the Nets fans? I'm no fan of Ben Simmons, but I also don't give a fuck. Like, okay,
3: so what about the outfit? What about sitting in the middle of the bench, front row, middle of the bench, in that outfit? It I wouldn't m- have
0: been the outfit I chose.
3: Immediately thought of the soldiers with the clown me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, how many are going to be in this reply? And there were dozens.
0: Dozens. Yeah, Soldiers with the Clown. I hadn't seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't know why anybody needs to see Ben Simmons out there. If you're the Nets, like, you know this thing wasn't working out this year. Well, you don't know that. But you know you're not at full strength, right? Like, everybody's – you got Kyrie uh, late in the season getting to play. You have James, Hart, or James Harden down in Philly. Uh, you have You have Durant, who's not playing that well right now. But, like, Ben Simmons hasn't played a lick. You went out and got him. Like, why would you want to damage your asset? You know, like – why would you want to look like an idiot even more than you already do? All he's gonna do out there is piss down his leg. Like he's gonna go out there and piss down his leg or look bad. I mean, and if he's not healthy, then there's no point in playing. him. You're gonna lose the series.
3: I think he's plenty healthy, but I agree with everything yeah. else. I mean, if you're down two one, do you play him? If they figure, hey, we're up two one, do you throw him yes. out there? If you're gonna win the yes. series, yeah, that's you're what not gonna throw win him the series though. But now you're not.
4: Also, there's a bunch of guys playing that are not healthy right now like Joel Embiid's got a torn ligament in his hand playing through it like if you watch Chris Paul last night I think he broke his left hand in the game and played the second half he didn't dribble didn't touch the ball with his left hand so that's some injury news to keep up on but like generally speaking if you like basketball you you want guys that want to be on the floor and he just doesn't seem like he wants to be on the floor. I've tried to
0: take all as a cure-all for many years but the problem is it doesn't cure the hurt inside and so like yeah but but, you know joel Embiid, he's got a finger let's let's take some anti-inflammatories like i you know ben simmons if he's mentally weak like there's no drug for that like you know and so there's plenty of mentally weak players that have played professional sports for eons and we've just fixated on this one guy because of the philly market and just how like how promising he was and like he's great defensively right and people have the jump shot like it's the perfect storm like it, his shot the 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 mental weakness i i just don't care as much as everybody else i don't know i'm like get ben simmons off my tv
4: yeah it makes sense uh, it's just like if he put it together mentally he could be one of the five best players in the league and and
0: that's the that's, that's the why. tantalizing thing but he's not the first person most people didn't most people who you say that about don't even get there
4: that's right, and even without shooting or taking a shot, he was still an effective player for Philly last year. Right, and so if he's all about
3: defense, your back's a little sore. You, you don't believe his back's sore a little bit? Oh, my God, no, but God. back soreness is the perfect. You, yeah, because you, know, you can't see back soreness. No limp, yeah.
0: That's the worst, when your back actually hurts, and they're like, oh, show me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I, trust fall onto me. I can't. I yeah. can't catch you. I can't yeah. move. Back injuries suck. We think he doesn't have a back... I don't like questioning people's injuries, even though if it's like obvious that everybody's doing it. But another thing is, a lot of the people that, that cape for Ben Simmons on the mental health stuff are now burying him. And I know it's just to bury him if you're to believe that he doesn't really have a back injury. But if you're going to take that side of the argument... Then why are we bullying a guy who we think has a mental health issue? I'm like, I just think the whole thing's dumb. Like 360 degrees. I'm not fucking worried about Ben Simmons. And if I was the Nets, uh, I would want to wait a year. I wouldn't want to trot him out game four to g- get embarrassed and uh, finish the sweep. Like that's the last thing he would experience before the off it would Maybe be, they're building he, towards something.
3: That'd be two straight games that his team gets bounced, right? In the playoffs, right? Ben so. Simmons.
0: I don't know about that. And then the other thing is Kevin Durant, Charles Barkley, Charles Barkley saying like, you know, like he's not a bus driver, that sort of thing. I don't know where you are on this, but I think he's a bus driver. I do too. I think, he, I thought he was the best player on the Warriors. That, now that doesn't mean they wouldn't have won without him, but he was the best player on the Warriors. During I can say. And uh, I he could was the bus it's... driver. In, is he the reason they lost in OKC? Like his bus, think about the people on the bus. Me and Matt were talking about this. You've got Kyrie, who doesn't ride the bus every day, like, gets to pick and choose when he's on the bus. So, uh, you know, maybe the other best player is not on the bus some days. Then you've got Ben Simmons in the back complaining about the bumps in the road, fucking like, you know, like, doing TikTok and all types of other shit. Uh, You've got Steve Nash, who's GPS, I don't think he has a GPS, right? Like, I know it seems like this was supposed to just happen on paper. But to me, as a casual NBA fan, I think because Kevin Durant had three bad games here, like we're, we're going to tear him down and be prisoners of the moment and say he's not a bus driver. guy's a fucking bus driver. What's missing from his game? Is he, is he afraid of the big moment? Is he not mentally tough? Is he not incredibly skilled? Is he not one of the best scorers in the history of the game?
4: Also, like you want to talk about bus drivers? LeBron's a bus driver. Great one. His team missed the playoffs. Like, you have a team that's flawed, a roster that structurally doesn't make sense. That's the same thing that Durant had. Yeah. Like, his roster didn't make sense. It was flawed. Now, Well, of the course, problem
0: with LeBron is he invited everybody on the bus. He so always did KD. invites everybody on so the bus. So did
4: KD. KD. KD invited did. Irving. He invited Nash. It's, that's, did he
0: invite Ben Simmons to the bus ride? He kicked Harden off the bus. Dropping you off at the, the Delilahs.
3: This is your stop. Shh. Jokes on you. I've already been at Delilah's for
4: weeks. <laughs> the KD criticism has gone way too far. He's one of the ten best players. I don't think of Chuck was time. killing him. I don't think Chuck
0: no. was killing him. I think Chuck does a really good job at being honest and not killing guys. But I think he's one of the best in the business about that. I think Chuck does a really good job of being direct and actually like shooting like his opinion out there when most guys are NBA's good this way. Those guys are kind of good
4: about that. And you know, if you look at Chuck's stats in the playoffs, he really did pop off in the playoffs, consistently getting like twenty-five and seventeen.
0: Yeah, so Chuck doesn't have a ring, and I've always argued on behalf of Chuck. Like, not that he needs me to argue on, on behalf of him, but like, Chuck was a bus driver;
4: he just didn't have the right bus. Hey, just, he was up against Michael Jordan's bus.
0: Michael Jordan's bus was awesome, dude. It was just him calling people bitches. <laughs> he was just Scotty Burrell was getting beat up by three dudes in the back of the bus. Dennis Rodman had a bunch of strippers and who knows what else on the bus. He's like, hey, bus driver, what do you think of my gender-neutral outfit? He's like, well, talk to me in 2022. (laughs) There's two different conversations in basketball. To me, it's like they're the quarterbacks of basketball who, you know, they're going to be evaluated on some level by rings. Um, You know, like Chuck is kind of like a Dan Marino for me. You know, like I'm not holding that against him that he doesn't have a ring. Uh, He's still one of the all-time greats. And then there's guys that, like, Steve Kerr can be proud of the rings he won. He had a lot to do with, I mean, he had some big shots down the stretch in those series. So, like, I don't know if they win some of those rings without Steve Kerr. And that has a whole, that's kind of what we're talking about, is who's on the bus. That does matter. It matters for quarterbacks. It matters for these guys, too.
4: And my interpretation of Chuck's comments is that he believes KD was not driving the bus for their titles in San Francisco.
3: I mean, on my buses, they're I like three I believe that they were drivers. all driving the bus. Yeah.
4: I think they were all driving the bus.
3: Taking in, turns. In who,
4: who was guarding LeBron? Who was going to head up with LeBron? It was KD.
0: Yeah. Like,
3: but Steph's team.
0: I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I, and I'm a huge Steph Curry fan. Steph Curry doesn't even get enough credit. But Kevin, but that just goes to show you how great Kevin Durant is. He was the best player on that
4: team. No, I'm with you. So Steph Curry currently coming off the bench last, three game, last four games, actually. Seems to do it with no problem. So I do like that about him. Legend. you a legend. Yep. You guys want to do layup line before we get Yeah, let's do layup line. Let's do a shuffle need. before we get into Les Snead.
3: Maybe I'm Amazed, Paul McCartney. Great. It's a live version. Maybe
4: I'm afraid of the way I love you.
3: Should I stay or should I go? Over when it's over. Eric Church, good breakup song.
0: Do people actually listen to songs when they break up?
3: Yes, sir. They and do? We go, and we go on drives and we play the same songs on repeat. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well,
0: you're one person. I'm not sure everybody's doing the same thing. As a married guy, it's such a funny thing for so many years to be like married and you're know, not thinking about breakups. Like breakups are awkward.
3: Yeah. Yeah yeah because like the how person, do you adult
0: people deal with that there's like a division of stuff
3: yeah it, it gets complicated i've heard
0: about like i heard about this guy in chicago this was described to me as a typical chicago breakup actually i heard about this this weekend mm. the guy got the bears tickets the girl got the dog <laughs> like I how, would the dog. they put that on a sheet of paper and sign it and put it on the fridge prenuptial Kind of. Mm-hmm. So what's up? So what's up with a breakup, man? People really go in the car and drive and listen to breakup songs. Yeah. What's the best breakup song of all time?
3: Over when it's over by Eric Church ain't too bad. I mean, it depends on if you're like happy
0: about yeah, the I breakup can't imagine being or sad, sad about the breakup. breakup. You really? Yeah, no. It's look at it as an opportunity.
3: Oh man, we should have talked more during the college years.
0: I know. Well, we did.
3: Yeah, just more. Yeah, but know? we
0: did though. I, I know you don't like breakups.
3: Yeah, I don't.
0: You really sink into them.
3: Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> They're my least favorite part of this existence.
0: You're down there like... Um,
3: Steve Buscemi? Shemmy,
0: Steve Buscemi. Are you sure it wasn't Remy Malik? Right, that was where we were going. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, breakup songs. All right. May This Be Love, Jimi Hendrix.
3: I can see. Mm, um, from that... Um,
0: yep, you got it. He's in Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd. That's according That's to you. It, yeah. Gospel of Goro Adachi live, Boxer Rebellion. Straight lines. Damn. This actually slaps, Reed. Do you know this one? Oh, don't. I Remember Jeep, George Harrison. Yeah. We're going I Remember Jeep, George Harrison on, on my end of things.
3: I'm going should I stay or should I go, the clash.
2: George Harrison. Fuck off. Ha!
0: george harrison every fucking time dude george harrison is a one seed yeah we're going to Les Snead now
3: yeah fired up general manager on draft week
0: yeah that's busy pull, man well we have i mean he's yeah he's doing stuff all day long preparing got a lot of picks to make several picks
2: very kindly presented by coors light
0: made to chill and Les Snead was made to chill for like many hours These days, it seems like life forces us to be on all the time. So every now and again, it's important to stop and reset. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment, made to chill. You know, it's a hectic time of year. Between weddings, graduations, spring sports, and more, we're busier than ever right now. Uh, And it's my favorite season, if I'm being honest. It's a great season to take a second for ourselves in the midst of all this craziness. So this year, Take a second to enjoy an ice cold Coors Light because you deserve a beer that's made to chill, much like me. The mountains on the bottles, cans, uh, you know, like they turn blue when your beer's cold. Come on, this is a chilling beer. You always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit a reset, just open a Coors Light. I can hear it right now. Mountain cold refreshment. Get Coors Light delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart by going to slash greenlight. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. One week, two guys that cut me. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. I get it. This is awesome. I'm just got. I, I have Les and Jeff on. And I just cuss them out.
3: Yeah, but they said, hey, here are two Super Bowl rings. Yeah, here you go. Enjoy here yourself. Go.
0: And now Les has got his ring, and I'm super happy, because I honestly believe this. I always say this on the show. is like les is not only one of the great gms in the game he's a great person the whole family's awesome um so it's great to have less need on especially the week of the draft but it's not like he's really doing much well
3: let's ask
5: him less how you doing man we're preparing for the 104th pick <laughs> yes yes right? you are what does that entail <laughs> you know that that entails like let's call it rating a lot of players that aren't going to be there at 104 and then Going fishing afterwards.
3: True or false? You know? You're looking to move up into the high nineties. I've heard that many places. You know what? That's that would that seems
5: reasonable. Okay. I mean, if you're going from 104 to the high nineties, yeah, you're reasonable.
0: Yeah.
1: But
5: maybe you know. we could drop back into the let's call it one tens. Yeah. That's even a number. You okay. Know?
0: I, I want to do an exercise with you. It's a it's a fill in the blank thing. Okay. Uh, i'm gonna say a sentence and i'm gonna omit one word you have to replace the word
3: r-rated podcast you can r-rated use whatever podcast. word you want but hey chris i went to auburn i, I didn't go to virginia
5: I i'm never good at these things <laughs> you have well no actually so you i really, have to they're, think they're, about them yeah. and then, there's profanity you
0: know. in there you guys will be good this is this is suited for an sec guy okay so war damn eagle you know what i mean yeah. um all right so we've got blank them picks can you say the whole sentence for us? I've never heard you say the whole sentence. I've seen it on a t-shirt on your person, but I've never is heard this
5: it. Like PG 13? This is this like PG-13? My mom our, would be disappointed. Our, let me ask you this, Chris. Would your mom <laughs> let you say this on a podcast?
0: Fuck yeah, Les. My mom listens to this podcast. Hi, mom. You remember Les. Les is going to now say, fuck them pigs. <laughs> I
5: mean, how can I do that to your mom? You know. We, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know what? We've mom dinner together in Montana, yeah. and now exactly. I've said, fuck them pigs. <laughs> hey, there you go. Yes,
0: there he, did it. he did it. I've seen it on Holy T-shirts. Crystal. Yeah, this is great. This is great. And he never says any bad words. He really doesn't. I don't know if I've ever heard him say it, but there's one, like you said, I got to prepare for a bunch of guys that I'm not drafting. How freely can you talk about guys going in the top 10? What you think of them? Like edge guys. Like, what do you think of the edge guys? Like, who do you like? Who do you, you know, who are you kind of like, you need to see more on that
5: guy. I've chatted with a couple of GMs and I thought maybe interestingly because we we know we're not we're not you know fishing in that pond we're not swimming in that part of the pool that I did right evaluate those players during the fall but haven't really revisited them yeah. so it's interesting from 30,000 feet I'm like oh yeah that guy's really good oh yeah that guy's really good we'll, we'll never see him but obviously when you're picking right in that part of the pond in that part of the pool you go from not necessarily seeing what they do best, but maybe they're kryptonite, what they don't do as well. So you get a little nitpicky when you're picking up there. So it would be interesting, like, which would really be the best way to prepare, right? For, for those type picks. But I I do know with a lot of the players really on our draft board, it will be there's, they're basically in this pool of players like, Hey, they're gone. We'll never see one Oh four. And it's now best for us to prepare right for Because we do have eight picks uh, and the first one being 104 and the next seven will be on uh, on Saturday when no one's covering, you know, watching the draft or that's when the college football coaches are up on stage talking about the draft.
0: If Kayvon Thibodeau felt Thibodeau, Thibodeau Thibodeau. felt a 104, you taking him? Yeah, you have to take him. Okay.
5: Chris, I did. I have said this in the draft room, at, not necessarily with Kayvon, but let's use him as an example. If Kayvon Thibodeau falls to 104, it's a no-brainer, right? The Rams should take him. No question. Now, I have said, as we're, as we're turning in his name, should we be concerned as to what he might have done yeah. over the past 24 hours yes. to <laughs> fall to 104?
0: I think something might have happened. This is the interesting thing about this year for y'all. Three... A four, a five, and three sixes. So I don't know if you guys made a deal with the devil. What's up with the six and the six and the six? Ooh, you're the first to get the uh, six, six, six. Have you thought about that? Like did y'all make you're a deal first. with this? you sold all your picks to the devil, and this is and the, the you paying up now. He, he gave, gave us a, ring. a super bowl trophy. There you go. So, exactly, dude. Yeah. Exactly. Howie Roseman did but, something with the devil too.
5: He hired Chris
0: Long. He hired Chris Long, who everybody knows is a glue guy. You know, you, you, sign me to your team. I tell you how to win a championship, obviously, but you have three. You, sh- you
5: say it like that's a negative, like being a glue guy is a negative. It is kind of a fucking glue. Let's open this up.
3: Are you willing to call somebody in your locker room currently a glue guy? Oh, there we have a few glue guys. Who would, are, you would you Who like are,
5: to ID them? ID them, please. Well, did, I will. I will ID probably our unsung poster child glue guy would be our tight end, Tyler Higby. Oh, mm. Higby. He's mm. a glue guy. When you're an
0: old glue guy, though, there's like an implication that the guy can't run anymore, which is true. But he also does other things. You know what I mean? So do you have any old glue guys?
5: We lost Big Wit. He, he was a glue guy. Yeah, Witt's well, awesome. You know, he, he was a glue guy. I don't know if we were ever going to replace right Big wit. Yeah. Uh, so that, that was definitely a glue guy. I'm trying to give it a, an unsound glue guy. 'Cause I don't wanna if I if I name them, I'm gonna somebody's gonna feel left out.
0: Somebody's gonna wanna go get that guy. You know what yeah. I mean? You hear about a glue guy, you go get that guy. But you got all these picks in the middle. So I'm looking at this thing and I'm saying, you know, COVID plays into the fact that the middle of the draft is like super stacked this year relative to other years. Is that true? Like the way you look at it?
5: I do think COVID has played a part in that, right? With the the extra class in, in so whether it's COVID or whether it just happened to be right? All the kids who were probably born, you know, in the years around where you either a sophomore, redshirt sophomore, junior, senior, fifth year, senior, COVID senior, you're all coming out. But it is definitely a a thick draft in terms of quality, solid football players. Is that where you find the most value? We do. And what's interesting, Chris, is a lot of our uh, pillars and interestingly was just chatting. He's visiting, he's recruiting out here. So we'll be uh one of your rivals from college days not necessarily rival but uh the new duke basketball coach john shire yeah was visiting today he's recruiting in the area so but
3: point me. being
5: I don't know if you're Duke or anti-Duke he's a big what, Duke fan. Know. anti-Duke so, we're all anti-Duke at Charlesville but we were chatting we're we're almost opposite in that uh our, our core players, right, our better players are very experienced, whether it's Aaron Donald, whether it's Cooper Cup, whether it's Matthew Stafford, what have you. And then we do use the draft and those compensatory picks and players on their rookie contracts to be the role players. Like we have to rely on players like that are living through their rookie contract to come in and some start at least contribute things like that. But our core players – are very experienced where at Duke they're they're almost the inverse right Their right. their best players are 18 year olds that show up to Duke whenever and start right trying to you know bond together and become a team and they and their let's call it their contributors their role players are the sophomores juniors and seniors
0: for me it's like when did you decide as we said earlier, like, you know, it's like a popular thing now that you guys have popularized. I mean, there's 75% of the teams in the first round have a first round pick. That's the lowest since the 80s. Sounds like a lot to somebody if they didn't know anything about the sport. But this has changed. You guys have been change makers. Uh, You know, it's a copycat league, all that stuff. When did you decide, like, fuck them picks? Like, who helped you along the way to arriving at that conclusion?
5: it's, I don't, I don't think it was interesting. I don't think there was ever like a moment where you said, okay, this is what, what we're going to do. Uh, and, and then we've all, now what we did say is, okay, we're trying to essentially be one of 32. Right. So there is an element where, Hey, is, is, is there different ways to think? Is there, you know, different ways to do things that would maybe give us an edge on the other 31? We can't just do what they're doing, but I, I so I think it, it really starts, Chris, when you when you're aware that all right, we've we've been building. Unfortunately, we didn't break through until you left here. But again, as your co-host said, right, it worked out for you. You got two super bowl Dude. rings. You were a part of that <laughs> yeah. build, yeah. Right, and, and I do think if we would have had stability at QB and if Sam, you know, State wouldn't Adel- have yeah. two years yeah. away, things yeah. like that, we we probably would have broken through and at least. Right, gotten to the playoffs at least one or two years because your side of the ball was playing really, really well. Yeah, we were good. Uh, we're good. So that was an anomaly that we did. But, so once we broke through and, and we were contending, there's this, all right, do we use a pick late first round on a rookie, right, right yeah. who, uh, who we don't know yet who we're just projecting. So I think the first time we did it was when we, we lost Sammy Watkins in free agency. So I think it was Sean's first year of 2017. We had traded for Sammy, and he left us for the Chiefs. So, and Sammy brought an element of explosiveness of speed. So, in that particular draft, we felt like it was light at receiver. Didn't think, uh, you know, there'd be a rookie that could really, really help us. Right, let's take call it take a next step. So we then said, okay, would it be more prudent to use a first round pick, which was late on uh, for Brandon Coates. right? And, Right, a proven player had already right had multiple thousand yard seasons with different teams in QBs, and then at that point, uh, that's that was the first time we did it. it. We we shot some bullets, and then we oh, there's the ship, ding ding ding, mm-hmm. and then we shot a few cannonballs. In, in that analogy, but that was in in what we what we ended up doing. I remember saying to Sean, okay, let's let's do an unscientific, unanalytical. Analysis of that trade. So we trade for Brandon. Let's look and see who gets picked in that spot. And New England did take Isaiah Wynn, who, you know, is playing for them, but he is an, an offensive lineman. So point being, would it have been better for us to stay there, pick an offensive lineman, or trade that pick based on where we were as a team? In St. Louis it was different, right? Yeah. We were you, you were there, unfortunately for some of it, right? Where holy cow, let's just collect as many picks as possible. Right. Like see if we can hit on an Aaron Donald, whomever, and 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 build this core and then see if we can break through from there. What what are the
0: worst rules in drafting players? Cause there's like you mentioned Aaron Donald. I think about a rule. Like we have enough D linemen, right? People often point to that pick. When you look at a loaded group and somebody's speculating that you add to that group, like that's a rule, kind of like running backs. That's a rule. You've drafted Gurley, you you know, like you've drafted injured players, like Cam Akers, a running back and an injured injured player, and that you know that seemed to have worked out. So, like, what are the rules that you're like? I'm not worried about those rules.
5: When you have one of those rules, you should ask why, right? And and really, why is that a rule or why is that an axiom? Do we understand why and and a lot of times there there could be, you know, it could be wives, still and and there, a lot of times like there is reason within it. Uh and in an Aaron Donald's case, there's this element, right? Let's build a balanced team. But I do remember Coach Fish and I talking about with Aaron Donald, like it's okay to be, let's call it, imbalanced and really heavy toward players who could get after the QB. And you're right, right? We I mean we had you, we had uh, Robert Quinn I mean, Kendall Langford with theirs Michael Brockers. Well, uh, yeah, the whole game. Yeah, yeah, we, we the point a, game is really Hey, if we add another player there and especially let's call it with you and and Robert coming off the edge. There is an element there where it's so imbalanced that the 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 offense does have to counter react. Like they have to hey, are we going to are we going to just protect like we normally do or are we going to tilt somewhere and then it does give probably some like one-on-one shots for either you or Robert or Aaron right at some yeah. point of the game and and now it's up to you guys to make the shot right when you do get it but and I do think right that if that experiment worked yeah. right, we definitely yeah. became a team that right pressured the QB mm-hmm. 1-1 play yeah, so I think that's up. so those yeah. are the but I can easily see why you would say well we're we're strong there we're weak somewhere else let's 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 just be solid everywhere and i use that word intentionally solid is it better to be like like unstoppable at dl but only solid at another position or is it better just to be solid Oh, I point. like
0: having a strength
5: personally. So,
3: yeah. My question is, when you're about to write Robert Quinn down on the card, is do you say to somebody in the draft room, "Hey, send a text, C Long's way. <laughs> no, <laughs> throw him a call just to say everything's fine." That's a good one though, because you know, like, yeah, because maybe Chris is watching the draft with some friends, and it gets really awkward there for a few minutes when Robert Quinn is drafted. It got by awkward. The
0: Rams. It got awkward when I saw him turn the hoop on the highlight. I was like, "Damn, okay." I was like, "Oh, he's running sideways." I was like, and then my whole thing was. Hey, what side does he play? And then there was like a long silence between my text message <laughs> and the text message I got back. Is there any like courtesy when a dude? I, I,
5: the answer is is yes, and yeah. I think we, because of cases like that or, or other cases that become more public, I do think it's I do think it's very important, right, to intentionally communicate with the pillars of your team, kind of give them the reason. So Let, you, just you, reinforce, you, reinforce to Chris. Hey, you're not a quarterback. Yeah, you know there, it does take there. Does two two defensive ends do play.
0: Oh, I turned out to be very happy with that arrangement. <laughs> that arrangement. Just was. don't great. get picky
5: on what side who's playing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, you know, yeah, we can yeah. learn to play in the same sandbox. Yeah, uh huh. I do think that that just elicits collaboration and partnership because at the end of the day, I mean, hey, whether you're in the front office or even the coaching staff, that's that's kind of top down. But the you know the, the players are the most important. How about the QB room?
0: Like, because that's a different thing. You said you're not a QB. Like, even if you take somebody late, do you just reach out to your QB and say, "Hey, this is why we're taking them late. This is the plan." Like Stafford, somebody you. Really- I, I think
5: he, yeah. The answer would be yes on that, but I I do think Matthew would be like, well, the seventh. Round yeah. QB. Yeah. But I, I think maybe maybe if if it's one of those situations like we've seen publicly go through, if you if you have an older QB and you are thinking about all right, maybe it's time to to draft right the air apparent. Right, that's probably a little stickier, tougher conversation. But I do think, no matter how the conversation goes, it's better to have the conversation than yeah before than after Okay,
0: okay. So this is a segue, and I'm, I didn't we didn't set you up here, but you're one of your pillars now. Hopefully, is Bobby Wagner? Like, how does that happen up in Seattle? And then, what's the Bobby Wagner rule with you? There's a Bobby Wagner rule I read about, but I, I
5: didn't. Somebody didn't explain it. Well, yeah, the Bobby Wagner rule. Uh, I think I said it probably one of those is supposedly intimate settings with your suite holders or stakeholders or ticket holders. But of course it gets out. It gets but out it, it yeah. Basically yeah. they were like, Hey, what's one of your, if you can, can you think of one of your worst draft day mistakes and interesting. So going back, I know you said you had Jeff on the show and Jeff was a big Bobby Wagner fan. He liked, like he liked bigger, longer linebackers, but that particular year, uh, that particular year, Bobby didn't go to the combine, and it wasn't it wasn't because he wasn't uninvited. He, he had pneumonia, and he couldn't go. Right. So analytically, players who don't go to the combine, things like that, they and group of five, they will go later in the draft. So at that point in time, I think we ended up picking Janoris Jenkins uh, instead of Bobby Wagner, but mentioning, hey, we can probably get Bobby Wagner with our next pick. But he goes right in front of us, like a couple picks in front of us. And that's when we picked Isaiah P. So that the Bobby Wagner rule then goes sometimes, you know what? If you really like a player, just pick the player. Don't try to figure out where the player's going in the draft.
0: Right. And what happens when you're in that draft room and somebody takes your Bobby Wagner? Like what what happens in that war room? Like we don't see it on TV a lot. Usually they don't show the team that was about to pick him. is how would they know? But like take me inside the war room. It
5: can be very emotional, similar to, to a game day, right? Where, right. if All of a sudden you, you have a turnover, there's a sudden change and there's an element of, you know, there's, there's, there's an emotional down that you do have to recover and get over because if you're, if you were planning to take a play, now, what ends up happening, hopefully you've gone through all the scenarios just as you would in a sudden change You've practiced this, you've planned for this. There is a draft board, right, to be able to react to to sudden change in a a draft room. But there is, uh, if there's one player that you're really excited about and you get to be within one to two picks away and he does go one or two picks in front of you, there is a, and especially if someone trades up in front of you, like then you're like, okay, who in our building has told that team we really like? Because, you know, NFL buildings are very large, and people talk and chat, you never, and you're like, wait a minute, that team just came all the way up right in front of us to pick this player. That couldn't have been coincident.
0: How do you control the noise? Because like, that's a big thing. There's a lot of people in football buildings. It's not like being in an NBA draft room. Uh, and then, like, there's a lot of media interest in the, in the draft, and you guys do a good job of keeping it tight. But what's the gamesmanship like, starting, like, between – I don't know, teams. And, you know, you've got probably scouts that are friends with scouts on other teams. Like what's your elevator pitch to keeping it fucking quiet for people in the building?
5: I think that the elevator pitch, right. Is from a military standpoint, right. Try to gather as much information without giving as possible. But again, you, you, there's definitely relationships that people have, right. That you, you do not want to, I mean, that, that's just, that's part of life. That's, that's football. That's heck. when you retire, those are the, the relationships are the things you miss the most. So that, that you got to be realistic that there's going to be relationships. There's going to be people that chat. But I, I think internally, what we like to say is we're very collaborative. We're not as secretive here. So at the end of the day, we're trying to to win. So there's a lot of people invited to the the inner circle. We trust that you'll keep it within and it's only going to work out for all of us. Right. So you try to, we try to do it that way, but
0: is it awkward talking to your friends that are GMs in the months leading up to the draft?
5: Yeah. Cause it's interesting. It's during this month, us GMs that probably be pretty much grew up in the business in some way, rising up from right. Starting right in the mail room to getting to here. But during this month, it's kind of taboo to, you know, it's interesting. It's stiff, called like someone that I might've grown up with. And now we're talking on the phone and it's like, man, we sound like adults. Like we've never talked like this before, mm-hmm. right? You're you're being very guarded and, and things like that. So,
0: how about the smoke, so smoke screens? Like smoke screens? Like you guys? You that's guys. why he's on this show. No, I know he's gonna. What What are you smoke screening, Les?
5: Well, really, I was trying not to tip that we were gonna uh, draft Cable and Thibodeau Tibedo yeah, there you that go. That seems good. We <laughs> like that one. Yeah, we that did that in the mess. first five minutes. <laughs> okay. Gave on but Thibodeau. maybe that is a smokescreen.
3: <laughs> it could be a smokescreen. You know. It's going to be a headline. Rams but will select Thibodeau if he falls to We're going to make it a
0: headline. Um, I've been really interested in this. like The interview process stuff that pops up, people ask me what, the, what they think about this kid and like, would he work out from what I've seen. like, I haven't been in the room with him, so how would I know? Y'all have been in the room with players. You do it every year. How do you approach the interview process and like, what are the things that you're like, uh, red flag,
5: Nah. Here's what I would say. I think for us, we we always what will probably not work as a ram. If you're a player who doesn't love the game, yeah, you're a player, and that love doesn't somehow affect your. You you got to prepare. You got to be able to process the game. You got to be able to see it naturally from a you know geometric standpoint. Those two things, you're you're probably not going to succeed here. Now, with all these are young kids, so there is elements of college behavior normal young people behavior, that's not going to get you, let's call it struck out from here. Maybe those are some flags that we need to dig into research and figure out. But what we have found, right, that no matter how old you are, uh, the, young, the, the younger you are, usually it's, you know, you're less mature, but there is a stand. I was, if we can just, if the North star of loving football, and then that love carries over to a conscientiousness, right. To try to reach their potential be the best every day contribute whatever it is then that north star will usually right get that player where he get him to 25 where he can rent a car right you can't rent a right. car for a reason right. the, the amygdala is greater than the funnel rope so there are going to be rights and choices impulses okay. but at the end of the day we try to figure out right that, hey do you love the game and at that point does that love right is there some habits from that love that show that all right you're conscientious enough to try to Right, do your best, not only at practice, but after hours, during meetings, things like that. Because if you're is- here and you can't process football, it's going to be tough.
0: How hard is it for you to not draft SEC players just up and down the board? Because I know you probably want to just draft FCC guys. I play with Bama guys, they're physical. I play with Auburn guys, they're physical. They love football, kind of like what you talked about. It's also a very physical conference. Like, do you guys factor that in if you pick somebody from a school like that? That, like, if you played at Bama, you played four years in the league, it feels like. You played in the SEC, <laughs> you played four years in a league. It's not like playing in the Pac 12 or at times the ACC. Mm. What do you think about like picking players from regions and conferences? Like, do you weigh that in and how much?
5: I don't think it's because it's the SEC that you gravitate toward the SEC. I don't think it's the, right, the conference emblem, but I do think when you turn on the film, right, there, there is probably, let's call it pound for pound better bigger stronger faster football players in their conference than maybe the ac and then the big team and then it kind of thins out from there so i think i don't think it's the emblem it's just that's they've you know that conference those schools right have made football a priority and they've done right they've done things to bring some of the better players there but like any draft like each conference each school some i mean it can be different every year right there's there's SEC caliber, or let's call it NFL caliber players, right, playing in the Pac-12. It's just probably less of them. And with that being said, so maybe you get to see in a, in a Kayvon Thibodeau instance, maybe you get to see a player at his position in the SEC go up against, you know, let's call it NFL caliber players more often. But in Kayvon's case, right there, there are. Offensive linemen from the Pac-12 that have made it to the to the NFL. So I mean, so you can you can get cave on against those guys. So I do think I do think there's more NFL. I think the data would say that if we just looked at the numbers. But like everything we do, whether you're at the FCS level, Group of Five, it's it's on us to to figure that out.
3: Two parter. Give you some time to think about this one. Is there another one that got away? a la Bobby Wagner, you were dialed in on him, and he got snaked away from you. Sean Payton a couple weeks ago said he was locked in on Tom Brady. Well, convenient. So was I. And uh, is there is there one like that who who you'll never forget? And let's say the year's two thousand eight. There's a there's an Edge guy out of Virginia, but the word is he can't stay out of the bar. Are you sending <laughs> guys to Charlottesville, Virginia? <laughs> To post up at the bar to see if this guy's rolling in every night at 10 o'clock.
5: Jeffrey Fitzgerald wasn't a total drunk <laughs> dude. <laughs> I feel like I would go to Charlottesville and hang out at the bar with, yeah, for no, no reason. reason. Yeah, I wouldn't send anyone there. Why not me? That's yeah, a, I'll go. That's a fun college town, but I now I would say in that case, right? That it most, I mean, you got to be pretty naive, right? If you don't think college kids, college football players, basketball players, fraternity brothers, what have you, aren't right, partaking in some version of a college party. So I don't think that's getting you off the way. And there is probably an element, which is interesting, that if you're actually not partaking in those parties, for some reason, that there is a possibility that you could struggle in an NFL locker room, oh, right? Oh, mm-hmm.
0: how about yours? Like, the where you play, you're one of a couple cities. Where you play probably affects a little bit how you drive, you know, because... the guy has to be ready for that. Like, that's a different challenge than being drafted in St. Louis. You know, Vegas is a different challenge than being drafted in Detroit. So, you know, like, yeah, how do you take that into account? Because if somebody's never seen a bar before, well, buddy, we have all types of things here in LA. They don't even call them bars here. Nightclubs and
5: shit. That's an interesting calculus formula on when, right? And we, we will, I think we have a, a box where, Hey, how does, how does this player, right. Manage, let's call it regular college life, party life, things like that. And the, in the formula is a lot of people, right. Can manage that and still right function and thrive at high levels. But if ever it tilts to where that lifestyle is, is probably hindering someone from thriving, that's where you got to make a gut call. But I, th- I think Chris would say, though, I do think if football, I'm sure all sports, right, but NFL in particular, there's so many players in there and it's so many, right, ideologies, sociologies, miniologies, right, right. and it's such a diverse place. But I, I do, do think people who are, right different eccentric stand out. They better be confident in their reason to stand out or, or it's, it's a tough place to, right, collaborate and partner.
0: Personality with. is a big part of it it's so interesting cuz your team has a personality and everybody you add although there's 53 people you can have a guy poison the team you could have one guy just totally galvanize the team and it's hard to project cuz you know the pressure is going to be different and the place you're going to be playing is going to be different you you've drafted a kicker
5: or our boy Greg Didn't the you, Leg did you draft Greg the Leg it was you right Yes, he was really – got to give Coach Fossil some credit, right? The I mean, man, dude. I'm Coach a general Bones manager. What man. do I know about tickers? But you're giving him the green light to do it. Yes, I, it was interesting. I remember that year Blair Walsh was coming out of yep. Georgia, the SEC school. So, like you said, the SEC bias is, is in my – There you go. In my amygdala or frontal lobe somewhere. But there was the bias way. there. But I, I do remember asking Coach Fossil to – he, I think he did, he went and did a private on both of those players probably three times. And he kept coming back and saying, Greg, the leg, right. Like he won the workouts. Now, I, I don't know if I ever asked him for film or anything like that, but, uh, I trusted John and, but we really, really focused on those two kickers and, and, uh, Greg, every time he would go putting through the, the test, he nailed it. So What is the calculus?
0: You use the word calculus formula. What's the calculus formula on like the math of drafting a kicker and the value of a kicker? Like, if I had just the best kicker that ever kicked a football, where's that guy getting drafted if you needed a kicker? Like, and you know, he's going to be like, where would you draft Adam Vinatieri?
5: Well, I I do think, depending on how many picks you have, I do think, and we've seen it, if you knew someone was going to be Adam Venatieri, I do think you could easily use a third round pick on that kicker. Like that, and that may be even, because again, if you know, that's the the hard part is because you don't know who's going to become Adam Adam Vinatieri. But on this podcast,
0: we just, we make up rules. We know this guy's Adam Vinatieri and you're saying maybe. Well, I
5: mean, at that point in time, you could easily say second or third. I don't know if you'd use it, but if you knew that, especially if you had a lot of picks, like if you were a team that had four or five picks in the top 100, yeah, then
3: heck yeah, let's Let's roll. The
5: math
0: works. Well, and
3: if your team's good. And if your team's, team's good, you have the difference. luxury
0: to, to draft a kicker. No question. But Jeezy, uh, young Greg Zerline, Greg the Leg, he's got multiple nicknames. The guy was – he was aces for us for a long time.
3: Seabass Jeezy, Janikowski went round one, you might remember.
0: I do remember that. Back in the day. Al Davis, like big guys. You know
5: what's interesting, Chris, is that year, too, Johnny Hecker was a college free agent. Yeah. But I – We were always trying to get Greg as a college free. There was this element of competitiveness like, all right, Bones, I can get these two starting kickers as college free agents. But I remember that year there was this run on kickers and it was like, hey, hey, Bones, we got to draft this guy. We're we're not rolling the dice here. You know what I mean? So then we get to the seventh round and we could have drafted Johnny Hecker. And, uh, but, uh, bones is like, you know what? He's not getting drafted and we can game as a CFA. So there was that competitiveness of, we're going to get Johnny Hecker as a CFA. So we drafted some linebacker. I, I probably could, he was, he was from Hawaii. I don't even think he made it through August with us. Oh, that year. Yeah. Oh, I don't so some, either. the linebacker it was, from Hawaii
0: it was hot, in our and,
5: city. but we get, so, but I've joked with bones, like however many years later, like, do you know we could have drafted a Hall of Fame punter? Yeah, <laughs> dude.
0: So it doesn't even count as a draft. Yeah, and quarterback, too, for many plays yeah. in St. Louis. Thanks. It was really valuable hearing, like, the best coaches and GMs I've ever talked to always talk about being in concert with each other, like, working together. So I know that's, like, almost like a marriage sometimes, probably. You and Sean McVay, do you guys go out in the alley and work it out if you have a disagreement or what happens? Because I feel like the best marriage is you actually have to talk things out and put things on the table. Do you guys lay things on the table and kind of get into it from time to time? And then how do you determine who has, you know, bangs the gavel and said, this is the, this is the right pick or the wrong pick.
5: There's times we, we have a, a brother, maybe like you and Kyle relationship where yeah. our amygdalas get going, but we I, we can do that because <laughs> we really, we really do get along very, very well. So it's interesting. Uh, maybe during the season, I'm the frontal lobe and maybe during, the uh, draft time of year, Sean's the front look. So it depends on when our – really yeah. I love brains, dude. Can you 30.
0: name another part of the brain, Les? Those are the only two. <laughs> <laughs> <go> to home. <laughs> he doesn't need to know. It's who,
5: working. Who oh.
3: has the better hair, Sean McVay or Les Snead? That's – you know what?
5: That's easy. I'm competitive. That's me. That's but easy. Sean's got the better facial hair.
3: Oh no, I i, no, I dude, give the nod get, to you, you on both fronts. You got fronts. it, bro. You got it. Dude. Oh, he's
5: his is always right like, groomed. But and- it's too groomed.
3: The lines are too straight.
0: Yeah, that's at LA. You know? Yeah, it's LA. He's mm-hmm. an LA guy now.
5: How about trading
0: in the division? This is one I've always wanted to ask the GM. Devontae uh Parker, Miami trades him earlier this offseason to uh, to New England. Uh it's kind of interesting to me because I think if you're if you don't think Enough of a player and you're trading him in division, like aren't you not worried about that guy beating you? Like, what's the real code there? And I always hear, I don't trade that guy in conference. Like, I don't want to trade that. Who gives a shit? Like, do you care? I don't know. Wait, I,
5: I think you care when you know you're trading a a player that could right wound you on game day. So trading him outside the division or outside the conference, right? So he so that player doesn't burn you and right, in a, in a division run or, or let's call it a playoff. Playoffs, right? yeah. But it, that but I – so the rule, since we were talking about rules and axioms, it, it I have always said I would be very nervous if, right, Seattle, San Fran, or Arizona called us and offered us a player. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. We play them twice a year. Why are they sending him to us or want to send him to us? Yeah. So it, it would make you – because there's, again – Right, four teams. There's 28 other teams they could call. Somehow, they're down to us. I would be nervous on that. Could yeah, be wrong, course. but that would be an axiom you need to walk through. We I
3: could mean, we could do a show every day this week. You I love it.
0: Yeah, five part <laughs> series <laughs> with <Les> us. <laughs> Steve. What am I doing today? Breaking
3: down the sixth round. Yeah. How do you
0: know when to give up on a first round pick? Then how do you know that you won the you know the either or conversation because. The first part is self-explanatory, but the second part I think about quarterbacks, like Jared Goff, who I think is a good player, it just didn't work out on the tail end for you guys. People for a while thought, oh, Howie Roseman won. Carson Wentz is better. You know, like it goes back and forth and then two guys end up on different teams and you're like, well, I don't know. Like how do you decide, one, when to give up on a first rounder? And then two, like how do you, when do you know that like all, all, everything's clear, like now we know who's the better player out of a comparison we were making?
5: I don't know if you ever really know, but I, I think time does tell and probably like all scoreboards, it maybe changes, right, based on the ebbs and flows of of what's going on in that particular moment. But we've always tried to look at like how can we do a win win and in Jared and Matthew's case, right? And a lot of times it's like, Oh, why would the Lions give up Matthew Stafford? But really it was Matthew going to them and say he would like to be traded and yeah. not so they were put in a, a bind, and I think the lions made the best of it. Right. Right. Where they were able to get two first rounders from us, a third rounder plus Jared Goff, and figure out, right. They have a chance. Now they didn't have a hole at QB. Everybody wins. Yeah. At QB. So, but they were in the building phase and we were kind of in the contending phase. Hey, maybe, maybe at, because we won the super bowl, maybe in this moment, people say the Rams won the trade, but let's, let's say that the lions build a team and, you know, six years from now, they're, they're contenders. Did, did they win the trade? So I, I think, I think the scoreboard is going to change right through it all ebbs and flows. And, and maybe the only way to truly right break the tie is, is okay. Does someone have three Super Bowl trophies and somebody have two, I guess, you know what I mean? That, That would be the, the tie tie tiebreaker, triple overtime penalty kick way of,
0: yeah, you, cool. you make a great point though. You know, everybody's situation is different and that's that factors into everything you do. Whether you know what trying, I love, trying, I've right. just noticed? what
5: that's, that's big William behind
0: me. I got William Hayes over my right shoulder, dude. Come on now. You know, that's he flakes awesome. on me every time I try to get a family vacation with him so I might as well just put him over my right shoulder at the uh, studio there.
5: Les. He's looking. He's got a look. He's got a look. He's got to know look. What he's thinking right now, but
0: I don't know what he's thinking. But the story Jeff Fisher told last week about him getting hit in the head by a football and getting a concussion in Tennessee—if you've never heard it, you should ask Jeff. That's the same look he gave when he got hit by a <laughs> football. So, hey, Les, needs got stuff to do. He's been very gracious with his time, and uh, hey, congrats on all the success, dude. You know we don't talk enough, but uh, you're one of the people that when I see the Rams win a Super Bowl, first person I'm thinking about or one of the first. Uh, after Aaron Donald is is less need. So I appreciate you, man.
5: That means a lot yeah. coming from you, especially. And I would say, like and it's interesting, you opened this story talking about Jeff and I cut you. And I, I've often said, would, would break, doing that, that's the hardest thing you ever do as a GM. Yeah, You never want to make that call, but you, you have to do it. Same yeah. with head coaches. But I, I mentioned probably on a podcast similar that I do think that, right, if you've communicated, if you build a relationship that in moments like this, Right, those days are forgotten, and it's the relationships that count. So, going back, long story short, is when we do that with you and even James, where nice, just yeah. two, same day, same day. it's really cool, though. Unfortunately for James, he didn't get, yeah, not even one trophy, but two. I mean, the, two, but when you went on and said, you know what, that's awesome. If anyone deserves, right, leaving a team trying to get there, but not there yet. And actually, cashing in Super Bowl, it's it's definitely you. Because guess what, you were a glue guy, yeah. but you're also very very good.
0: Yeah, I appreciate that, so, man. And y'all were-, y'all were chill about it too. Fish called and he made it chill. We were off the phone in five minutes. You, very nice team to get cut by. Like, and as you mentioned, if you have a relationship with the guys, not only is that process going to be okay. They were always up front with me, but then on the back end, you know, Les was at my house for dinner
5: later that summer. So, yeah. You might not make the Christmas card list. The first couple. <laughs> There's of years, no
0: Christmas card, just so you know. But hey,
5: we've made the long <laughs> Christmas card list, and it is an awesome it's Christmas card. Pretty fucking what awesome! Unbelievable! The whole entire family—your <laughs> dad, your mother, too. Yeah. your little ones—and that's my wife, Kara Loves. Too. Yeah, well, tell Carol
0: we'll we said hi, and tell Tate we said hi too. That's my guy, and and your whole and your whole fam, dude. We appreciate you. Okay, so talk hi. soon after you turn one oh six in or whatever it is. Roback active wear. Best way to describe Roback is best fit, best feel. When it comes to quality, Roback just blows it out of the park every time. First, Roback's new performance hoodies are a total game changer. Maybe the softest, stretchiest hoodies in the game, from college athletes to professionals. People can't take them off. The best part about wearing a Roback hoodie is when you see somebody else wearing one, you just give them that subtle nod because they know, they know what time it is. We're Roback guys or gals. Second, Roback's performance q zips. Bring a new meaning to the word comfortable. Perfect for a run around the block or a day at the office. If I'm feeling formal, they're the definition of versatile. Third, Roback's performance polos are the only polos we wear. Even if you're not a polo guy, I'm raising my hand here, these polos are perfect for a night out. Or a day on the links with your boys. I don't play golf either, but I like the polos. Their prints are fire. Trust us when we say the only polos we wear are Roback polos. Best part is, NFL guys from all over the league are rocking Roback from Bengals captain Sam Hubbard, to our boy Quentin Nelson, it's fair to say they're taking over. They also have big sizes, big Q's wearing those things. So use the code GREENLIGHT on roback.com for a generous 20% off your first order. That's spelled Roback, r-h-o-b-a-c-k.com. That's 20% off your first order on all polos, Q-Zips, hoodies, and tees with the code GREENLIGHT. They just released new gear for the spring, so go check them out at roback.com. Listen to the Green Light Pod on Apple, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts, we'll be there. The Less big, qu- the big, qu- we love Les Snead. Les Need, good guy. The great guy, dude. You want to drink a beer with Les Snead, He's a good person.
3: And, uh, you know, I'm into these gin and sodas. Are you really? With a little, um, you know, uh, you throw in a little juice. That's your drink? Yeah. These days? I went back again the other day. Gin's good, dude. Love
0: gin. I think tonight at that uh, the Waterboys Charity Challenge that we mentioned our tonight, earlier, yeah. I think our tonight is going to, I'm going to drink a lot of gin tonight. I See. just decided. You want to be on a gin only program?
3: Well, I got to perform. I know. We talked about that. Yeah. So probably but, not.
0: But uh, alcohol to brain function, Les need, who's got a highly functioning brain, knows two parts of the brain like really well. How many other parts can we name? We've been going through it. You want to go one for one? Yeah, go ahead.
3: Okay. I'll, uh, is amygdala still on the board? It's off the board. Okay. Of the brain, we're talking the brain, not the brain. like the whole head or skull or anything? Yeah, yeah, brain. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Are you looking up brain stuff? No, I'm ordering Grubhub. Okay.
0: Cerebellum. Brain stem. Okay. Can't, you can't have a brain without the brain stem, dude. It's the most important part of the brain. It's like the roots of a tree.
3: Could I say brain? No. Cerebrum
0: hippocampus
3: all right we need a ruling hippocampus on is
0: a yeah, complex brain structure good. embedded deep in the temporal dude, level bro
3: you're you looking might, up brain stuff no i just googled it all right like, but you got a typical you got a diagram of the in this brain
0: in the room dude he's wrong he's smirking <laughs> at me hippocampus is That's a part kingston, of the brain by the way kingston yeah and then you're accusing me of looking up just well could for you put the brain myself. down could you put the brain look at down? my fucking google history here less need what is angel
4: hernandez
3: nfl draft order what is huge vagina yeah, okay come on now
4: <laughs> you're right. hippocampus is part of it it wasn't on my graphic here it makes you up Yo, you got a brain graphic he's got a
3: left brain come on you can, right you, brain you, there you go there you
4: go
3: all right uh brain stem taken okay temporal lobe temporal lobe i said that
4: You yeah, got temporal lobes there
3: okay aorta is in the heart yep
4: facts
0: and you know the pituitary gland is really close to the brain i feel like the
4: pituitary is pituitary gland is in the vein is, is in the brain sorry Damn. Mean, might be in the vein if you ask matt <laughs> and macon
3: uh brain <laughs> i brain, supposed brain. to be
0: the guy with a bunch of fucking tau protein surrounding my brain looks like <laughs> things are going pretty good here
3: uh ventricles are ventricles no,
0: that's in the that's in the heart
3: I'm pretty sure a brain has ventricles, sure, but, but okay, I'll try mostly, to think of
0: something else. Well, because you have a lot of legs to stand on to be a wise-ass right now. You're losing this contest, and you I, have a college degree.
3: Got more legs to stand on than you.
0: He's putting his hand out. I don't get it.
3: Oh, that means like stay down, short.
0: You know? <laughs> oh, yeah, you're Isn't tall. That, you're yeah. tall.
3: Okay, um, brain, brain, I, I'm brain. out of
0: brain stuff, I think.
3: Well, I want to say one thing to win. Um, brain matter.
0: Brain matter. I don't think that counts.
3: Okay, hit us with some brain things.
0: No, no, hold on. Give us ten seconds. I'm oh, to give us ten seconds to pop in the reserves.
3: Okay, typically I would have cheated on an assignment like no, this, thank and you I, for I haven't not been able cheating, to. Dude, yeah. I'm not cheating either. Let's yeah.
0: think. Oh, so here's the excuse. What are the buttons? <laughs> play FIFA every weekend in our 20s. Every time we'd sit down, I don't remember the buttons. Well,
3: we would take months off. You would you would play football for nine months. I forgot right.
4: the buttons. Mm-hmm. The thalamus. Oh, and and the and the hypothalamus. Yeah, well, that's yeah. A little late. That doesn't count for Perietal you. Perietal lobe. Temporal lobe, ponds. Pons?
3: pons. They're ponds in the brain?
4: P O N S. Pons. Pons. pons.
3: Mons Vernus? Mons Venus. Lakes? Yeah. Okay.
4: Neurons.
3: Neurons. Good.
0: It's not a part of the atoms. brain. Atoms. It's not a part of the brain. Tissue. Oh, I guess tissue is a fucking yeah. Guys. Stuff. Anyways. Oh oh oh. Cells. Okay. So Megan, I want you to rest your brain for a second. Matt, Reed, let's talk about this week. Make Can't make it to Vegas. megan has got a sling MLS. We don't have a real job, so we're going to go to Vegas. We'll fall on that sword. I will fall on that sword. I will go to Las Vegas and get drunk for two days and cover the draft. I will do that for this company.
4: If I have to, I will visit most of the dispensaries <laughs> in Las Vegas and buy as much weed as I can and bring it back on the private plane if I have to
0: if I need to I will go to planet 13 and spend three hours in there and like come back in and disguise like with a mustache on and say like oh I have a thousand dollars to spend some of you don't know this but like when you go into a dispensary they like cap like you can't You can't buy more than, what, a couple ounces or something? Which is funny how they're like, I have candy, I have cartridges, I have, like, and they calculate it.
4: That's why why you need a a sober buddy. Taylor's going to come to the dispensary with me and be my mule.
0: That's great. Shout out to
4: Clint Eastwood. Although I I think we might be going there for reasons other than getting really drunk and smoking.
0: Yeah. And a word from our sponsors, (laughs) who we love. We're going to be at the Wynn. The greatest hotel known to man. The greatest casino known to man. I would let the win put a chip in me. You know, we talked about earlier Elon Musk, like put a chip in me, whatever you want. I love the win.
4: No cap. Wynn has the best in person sports book in Vegas. And in my opinion, I've, I've actually played in most of the rooms there. I, I think it's got the best poker room in Vegas, too.
0: Hey, Wynn, watch out for this guy. He's a real fucking poker player. But we're going to be doing multiple live watches of the draft. We're going to be doing live watches. Read what time are the live watches? Where can people find them? They're going to be sponsored by Coors Light. Uh, we're going to be breaking down the draft. I know exactly what's happening in the draft, 1 through 10. I'm going to release my mock draft minutes before the draft so nobody can plagiarize. Reed, what are we doing?
2: We're going to be live streaming the NFL draft. We're going to be in Vegas. We'll be doing round 1 on Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, and rounds 2 and 3 on Friday starting at 7 p.m. Eastern. Come watch the draft with us. We'll have some guests coming in and out of the studio down in Las Vegas. We'll be having a good time analyzing some of the picks.
0: But there will be guests for the uh, for the live watches. So
4: people you've heard of during the live stream, we will have some special guests.
0: And Matt's going to play poker until six a.m. with uh, all the other zombies that just play poker like all night long. That's what Matt's going to do. And Hopefully. Dr. Fax will be there. He'll be thrifting. So look out for him at your local thrift shop. But the wind's awesome. Wind bet's awesome. We're psyched to be there. Um, last time we went down, we got to go in the Blue Wire studio, which was awesome. Pretty good setup. We we got some cool guests that you're going to hear more from on the back end of this trip. I hope I've got an in-person interview with one of my favorite players in the league that might happen uh, in Vegas.
4: And definitely encourage you guys to come watch the live stream the draft is different than a game where like you don't have to follow the draft every two seconds so you want to get some analysis and be able to follow along with what's going on so check us out green light tube on youtube now we'll get into uh trent brown trent brown
0: what do you think about when you think about trent brown
3: offensive line
2: there's a gentleman coming on who has a very interesting tattoo we didn't get to ask him about it though
0: have you seen the tattoo? Mm-mm. You haven't seen Trent Brown's tattoo? Well, probably. I, it doesn't. Will you put it up on the big screen for Macon, please? So that's a guy in a football helmet,
5: oh, shirtless. Oh,
3: right, 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 right. Uh,
0: all right, so is that a
3: blowjob? Yeah. He's getting a blowjob? Yeah, from Miss number 77.
0: I guess I kind of was, was fixated on the fact that the guy had his football helmet on while he was naked, and I never, I never focused on the sex act. Now, he's talked about this on Pardon My Take. That's a blowjob, yeah? Yeah. She's just over there kissing his hip. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks for that.
3: And what's on the bicep? Is that an area code of some sort? It's an area code.
0: Okay. That's one of the greatest tattoos of all time.
2: And since Trent doesn't wear sleeves, this tattoo is visible all 17 games of the NFL season.
0: What did he say on Pardon My Take? If he, uh, what happens, you'll get a third? If DK
2: Metcalf comes to New England... He'll get a he'll get a third girl added to the tattoo. I
0: should I should ask him what uh what would happen if Debo Samuel came to New England? A whole lot of girls, an arm orgy. Um,
2: nineteen girls for nineteen problems, which is Debo's Twitter handle, ooh. which will be deactivated tomorrow.
0: Really, you said that?
2: No, after Elon <laughs> Musk
3: buys Twitter. Yeah,
0: that's true. That would be great if Elon Musk would shut down Twitter. Uh, all right, so I've got Trent Brown. Is Trent Brown the largest guest we've ever had on the show? Good question. No, Shaq. Big Shaq show. is bigger. Shaq. Shaq's bigger. Shaq's taller. I think Shaq might be bigger, too. What do you think Shaq comes, tips of scale at? 360. Oh, I think Shaq's closer to three bills. Think about all that, that vertical he's got to work with.
3: Wiki's got Shaq at 7'1", 324.
0: He ain't 324 player. No offense to Shaq, I'm not saying he's big. I mean, he's just a big man. Here's Trent Brown. That's him walking in. Or is it Chara? If you're in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, New York, Michigan, Tennessee, or Virginia, and you haven't tried the WinBet app yet, I got great news for you. WinBet is now offering $200 in free bets for new users. That's right, 200 big ones. WinBet is basically giving you free money. Don't pass it up. Download the WinBet app today. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789. I got Trent Brown on on the line here and I just want to tell a little backstory about Trent Brown. The first time I ever met Trent Brown was, uh, played against Trent Brown was uh, was in New England and we were really serious about setting edges and uh, I remember I had to set an edge on Trent Brown. Well, let me just tell you something. There's some things that when you get to the sideline and coach asks you what happened, uh, I just give you palms up on cause this motherfucker.
1: <laughs> hey, dude. Setting an edge. So like explain trying to set an edge on Trent. So on for-
0: Trent, like it's not like he's hinge blocking me. He's coming out and trying to carve me out of that B gap. In the run game. Yeah, in the run game. And and I'm I gotta get my hands inside and pray to God. I mean, there's two situations I've ever been in uh in football it was setting an edge on Trent Brown where I just was like, No, I can't do this. And then it was uh tackle over, it was Leonard Davis, tackle over. Big. Yeah, it was a problem. Big, big, big,
6: big. Trent, what's up, man? What's happening, fellas? How y'all? Dude,
0: it is great to see you. I was just uh, congrats on your success. You're one of my favorite guys to watch, um, and uh, I'm just I'm jacked up. You're back in New England, man. It seems like you're happy there. Are you excited? I'm really excited. I am. I That's am awesome, dude. That's awesome. Hit us with like what what makes New England like it seems like maybe your favorite spot. I mean, like that you've played because you and guys do this a lot. They leave and then come back. What's
6: up with that? Like, I'm sure both of you guys know, like around the league and in this business, it's just a lot of bullshit. You know what I mean? Just as far as how day to day things go get run and how people handle business and how they, how things just uh, a lot of over and under the table stuff going on behind your backs. And I think a lot of stuff in the England as far as like, when it comes to you personally, you'll know what you'll know where you stand daily, um, and so that's just from how I grew up. That's just one of the things I can respect, and I just I appreciate the way they conduct business. That a lot of places uh, allow personal feelings to interfere with the business, and that that doesn't happen much here, I don't think.
0: No, Bill, shoot you straight, dude. Like you'll know exactly where you stand with Bill, and you'll know exactly where you stand with Bill on Monday morning. Exactly. Right. So tell uh, us about these team meetings. I try to tell our, our listeners about these things and anybody can get it in these team
6: meetings. Is that anybody right? Anybody can get it. And that's another thing, like nobody is above or, or bigger than the team. I mean, yeah. like my first time here back in 18 and you hear Tom Brady gets his ass ripped just like a practice squad guy can get his ass ripped. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. just some of the things I can respect about it.
0: How about Scar? Because you got to play for Scar for, uh, what, a year? He's mm-hmm all-time great O-line coach. What what made him so great?
6: Again, shoot you straight, and he's going to coach you hard. That's yeah. that's what I was raised up. I mean, my growing up, so growing up, my dad was my coach a lot of times. So uh, I've heard the words from my dad. So n- nothing anybody else says mm. can really you know what I mean, Uh, frustrate me or get under my skin. It's just, I I take it as all its challenges and you got to just accept the challenges along the way. And that's the only way you're going to be great. (laughs) My dad told me a long time ago, like 25 years ago, if if the coach ain't talking to you, that's when you need to be worried. If they on your ass every day, that means they see something in you.
1: And that's probably – I was talking to Joe Tooney, your old teammate. Uh, he was with me in Kansas City last year and great guy, great football player. But I asked him, I said, TV is coming on. Uh, and he was like, 7-7, exclamation, exclamation. And he was like, ask him about Scar in 2018 when he first got to the league, what that was like. What buttons did he press with you uh, to get you going?
6: I think kind of like early on, Scar Scar, kind of – you know what I mean? He was on me, but he was just really trying to get me to – uh, bring me along with the playbook and all that stuff. And then the first game we played against the Texans, um, I had a pretty decent showing. Of that was my first start. Well, probably like my third start at left tackle throughout my career. Yeah. And in that second week, we played Jacksonville, and I played shitty. And he ripped my ass on the sideline. And then next week at practice Wednesday, he was like, he told me, "You ain't did shit." And it just went on from there. And then challenge accepted, I went on to play my best ball ever.
0: Was that the game down in Jacksonville?
6: Yeah. Yeah, and that was one of those games. Always good to show
0: you with New England, like, the team you see the first month is not the team you see at the end of the year. Because I remember that game. Because you're Mm -hmm. like, oh man, Jacksonville's real again. Like, and New England's wounded and all that. And it just, I remember getting to New England and hearing, like, football season starts after, I don't know, it was Halloween or Thanksgiving. I always mix whichever. But I was ready early. I was ready at Halloween, coach. <laughs> <laughs> but but it was one of the two. And that's the thing is, like, the team's always changing. The offense, the defense is changing. And that's one thing about New England is everybody thinks they're so set in their ways, but they're actually, you guys adapt really well.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So tell me about Mac Jones, man. Like, is it true Mac Jones doesn't have a cell phone or something like that during the, the 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 week leading up to the game? Like, who do you think's more plugged in with pop culture? I think it might be Tom Brady. Tom Brady or Mac Jones? Who who do you think knows more about pop culture?
6: I think I think Tom definitely is more hip to uh, pop culture, but I mean. I didn't even, this is news to me. I didn't know Mac didn't have a phone. Yeah, dude,
0: they say Mac. Do you ever Jones. text him for like, well, there you go. let's I do mean, dinner. Like, hey, he let's do dinner. Try it on a Wednesday. Text Mac Shoot Jones. Shoot him a see text. Let's go play back. some golf, Mac. What's up? Because the rumor is that Mac Jones p- puts his phone down all week. Like, he doesn't have a phone Monday through Friday. Which is nuts. To yeah, me. which is crazy. It actually sounds great. What do you see from him in the huddle?
6: I mean, he's locked in. I don't think anything that, that you hear about him or anything that may come off is like, i don't know i don't think it really comes as a surprise just because this is kind of like routine for him he came from bama so yeah. it's kind of he's like a madden player well, like all a the madden bama, creative player right? that's
0: all the bama guys like they played in a pro
6: yeah he uh, played in a pro building right so i think i think but other outside of the phone like mac has been great since day one like i remember and i I hate to say this because I, I like to, you know what I mean? Let him be him, be, be who he is. But like when he got drafted and you see him walking from the green room in his suit and stuff, like him and Tom kind of walk alike and yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> everything. So it was like, whoa, that's a. Like, and then he gets here, you see him as a young guy, you see him making some of the throws that he's making like day one. You see him like, whoa.
1: Yeah, it's funny you mentioned the walk on the draft because when my dad and I were watching, my dad texted me and he said that kid means business. That's what he said. <laughs> and it's not like he's going to walk and enjoy the whoopty whoop and the cameras and the IG tags and the post. He is getting drafted. He's finding out where he's going. He's gonna smile and he's gonna go. Kick Easy, some that's
0: a Hall of Fame or selling insurance. Yes, yes, There's no fucking in between. Yes. Like it's one of the two. That guy means this business. This man means business. So you mean business for the Patriots. You've been recruiting uh, Debo.
6: Man, I'm trying to I'm trying to get him here. I don't know if it's gonna work, but a man can dream, though, right?
0: What'd you say? You said it's not that cold here. Yeah,
6: it's not that cold.
0: That's I'm I agree with you. Okay, I'm calling bullshit here, and I got two. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, and I totally get it. Like you got to pull out all the stops for that guy. He's amazing. But yeah. these these two guys here, I got Kyle Long here, longtime Chicago Bear, uh, and then I've got Trent Brown here, who's played in New England, does not wear sleeves said, under no circumstance, is that right? Because we heard you on part of my take. Uh, my, you went on PMT with my guys. He said, no sleeves. So what is the colder city? Because up in Boston, they take a lot of pride in it being too cold. Like They love practicing outside. They're tough mentally. Chicago... The windy city or New England? I would
1: say just based on our practice facility, Trent, because um, we did joint practice up there with uh, in 2015. I did joint practice at New England. You guys have the little jaunt up the stairs to the practice yeah, field, and that's a li- it. Like bro, it's like it's like not a little it's walk. like door practice field.
0: That walk sucks, dude. There's <laughs> the one...
1: one in Chicago.
0: Yeah, Trent knows
1: that. bro. <laughs> Trent, you have to walk across two farms to get to the <laughs> indoor. If there is a tornado and otherwise you walk past the indoor and you practice outside in the cold.
0: I would have walked to fucking Providence to practice in the indoor. I think Chicago's colder. And
1: I think the whole the di- di- the division as a whole is colder. Yes. Obviously.
6: Cuz they play in Miami. You guys go to Miami, Trent. Miami, but I mean we got the Jets in and, and Buffalo that play out there. freaking cold. You guys got Minnesota. Well,
3: yeah, you're th- inside. But when That's I got hey,
6: well, you
1: have to keep in mind my memory is from when I was playing, we were playing at the Minnesota Golden Gopher Stadium. That was so cold out while there. While they were building this UFO spaceship type thing. That so was it's so- co- it was cold as shit, okay? Like I was out there trying to bl- block Brian Robinson in week 19, week 18. KG. Week 18, we were 3 and 13 or something. Okay, it's like seven degrees, and I just I, I have like a torn shoulder. I'm like, bro, I want to go home. So you know that, those are the games you give up sacks and you look at in the off season. And it's like, fuck, I wish I wish I would have been a little tougher. Are I you blaming no your sacks
0: on cold weather? I will. I'll, I'll be Trent that guy. Trent Brown would never do that.
1: And I wore sleeves. Trent, did you ever wear sleeves? I've never worn sleeves. Okay, I got
0: a lot of shit for this in Chicago too. Okay, so I'm, Trent Trent's got a leg up on you
1: there.
6: The, like so my my rookie year you know i was in the room with joe staley so and i think our first cold game was chicago and it was freezing yeah i, I wouldn't even, even playing then so i just had to tough it out on the sideline no sleeves but i just kind of took that mentality and then it, once you get rolling like you don't really feel it you know what i mean and then when it's cold, I try not to drink water either because I don't want to spill it on my... Yeah. On Any cold wind or any draft. Yes. No it's socks either. Water. You ever
1: think about wearing thermal socks or just any socks?
6: So I think AFC Championship game in 2018, I did... 2019, I, I did wear uh, thermal socks. In Kansas City? Yeah,
0: it was freezing. D4 jumped off sides of that game and that was like the biggest, like, scariest... Like, for a D-lineman to watch that, I was like, damn, dude. That's my worst fucking nightmare how about that memory like was was d offsides bad do you remember what his reaction was did you know before the snap
6: i didn't i was i didn't even pay attention to it because we were it was solid count. you know how loud it is there it was count game too so i was literally eyeing up the center too Yeah, i'm trying to catch the ball and flag i'm like because without that it was a pick then they would they would have been going to the super bowl instead of us
0: that's just insane. That play is such a big swing in football history.
1: A lot of people line off sides, too. A lot of and fucking... they don't ca- say that. Hold on, a lot of A tackles. lot of interior
0: D-linemen. Hold
1: oh, on, Chris. No, no, no. Let you hold on. You're, about about You're, You're offsides sides li- here. You're offsides. sides. D-linemen are lining up consistently
0: off I will cut the <laughs> <fucking> <laughs> audio on this podcast. <laughs> I will cut the fucking audio on this podcast. Mm. <laughs> you see those machines back there? <laughs> a lot of machines. My I machine.
6: It. I love it. I love it. Y'all sound like me and my brother.
0: Trent, but you guys <laughs> are off sides a lot. You guys are... You you know you guys sheep back.
6: I don't think so. <laughs>
0: <God damn it>. <laughs> <laughs> we line up foot to foot. You guys are good yeah. soldiers. You're good soldiers. Good soldiers. Okay, but when it gets cold, tell me this, Trent. Who slows down? Like, do you like a cold game because the the fast guys are going to slow down, or do you hate being out there because you got bigger bodies? It's hard to warm up. I don't know. Like, because I feel like I have an advantage in the cold because mm. I don't actually slow down in the cold. I'm just not that fast, anyways. You know what I mean? But what do you think about the cold, Trent? When you play,
6: I don't, I don't approach a cold game any different than I would mm-hmm. a regular.
0: It's played. nice being six That's, a,
1: eight, that's three, an eight.
0: assassin mentality. That's some samurai shit. This
1: guy's. It's,
6: it's really, it's really all about like after you, after you get out there in warm ups, and then it's like nah, it ain't that cold now. Now one game is that's a, like I said, the AFC Championship was the only game that I I did put on the warm skin shit, and I went out for uh, warm ups, and that shit was freezing on my arms. The warm skin I was, like, was you know, freezing. Yeah, like it was. I felt it cracking on my arms. That's
0: like for people at home. It's like Vaseline that that heats you up. Yeah, uh, and for that to crack, it's it's unheard of. And the Buffalo game this year was insane, right? Same. the ground was froze. Felt like concrete.
6: Yeah, because they don't have a they don't have a heated field.
0: Oh no. <sighs> All right, so tell me about that because Von Miller's coming, in, and Von Miller gave you the biggest compliment, like when he shouted you out, and I thought that was really cool because. You know, like uh you're you're that you're like one of those dudes now, dude. Like, and I think it's really great. And Vaughn now he's in division and he complimented your game. I know he's a bear to block. So yeah. tell me what it's what it's like. When you're in free agency first, like looking around the division, do you look at like who's in division and who you'd have to block? I mean, it's probably probably the same answer as the cold weather.
6: Nah, I mean, I don't really care about all that, honestly. He's i just I mean, so I really good. Think- he's too good. He's a fucking so killer, man. Age- I was free agent. I've been a free agent twice now. Yeah. And the first time I went to, I was going into free agency, I was really just, I mean, I was a seven round draft pick. So and I got my first three years were in California Bay Area. So I didn't make any money really. Um, so I was really just I think I think I was more it was like the storyline, like a uh seven round draft pick have my son week of the super bowl win the super bowl become the highest paid i thought like that that whole like little timeline was just like perfect to fall in line with the greatest underdog story and then uh the second time around i wasn't really concerned with chasing the bag just because i saw what they got me you know and i think i think i i'd rather win and not be the highest paid because, like I said in, in other interviews, like that's short lived anyway. You can be the highest paid today, and tomorrow or next week, a, a month from now, somebody else is the highest paid, which is a great thing for us, for us all. But that I think that just that made me mature more in the fact that I look for more of the right things in free agency, and that's that's about being comfortable, being happy, and winning. That's such a mature answer. I mean, Fuck. he's
0: not 30 quite yet, Fuck. but like my man is, he's, yeah, he's big vet vibes right now. I love this. I love <laughs> this from Trevor. Brown, Sound like bro. an
1: OG TV. He
0: is an OG already, dude. So, all right. Like, talk to me about blocking and Vaughn and, and, you know, like maybe not just about Vaughn, like who are the guys that you really respect the most around the league? Maybe some guys that don't get enough credit where we know who Vaughn is, but maybe some other guys.
6: Yeah. Vaughn is Vaughn. I think, I think me personally, I think Vaughn is the best pass rusher in the league. I think a guy that doesn't really get the respect he deserves um i think he's he's been hurt, injured a couple times the last couple seasons but i think daniel hunter is amazing mm.
0: him, so and, best, him, him and him and zadarius who i don't think gets enough respect somehow on the same team
6: i think zadarius is unorthodox in the way he plays but he's good in run and pass yeah what do you think about nick bosa you didn't get to play with him obviously but he's in the bay area I mean, I th- I think he's special. I think him and his brother both are special, and I think it's crazy. It's crazy how they have similar playing styles, but are so different. So different. Quinn is still, he's still. Rolling. Can you believe that, dude? Like, <laughs> I,
0: I saw Robert Quinn go for nineteen in St. Louis on a losing team. In what and year? In two thousand and thirteen. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's yeah, impressive. dude, like a decade ago, <laughs>
6: and then he damn near broke the sack record Trent. again. Right. Like, I mean. I don't know, and I'm, and it's, it's no sign of slowing down. That's the, that's the scary part about it. Like I had back
0: surgery in between the whole thing, so. Hey, let me ask you this: Are are O line coaches or D line coaches bigger assholes?
6: I think O line coaches are bigger assholes. Yeah, I agree.
1: I agree. I think D line coaches have to deal with so many different types of personalities and edgy guys. They can't be the alpha. That they have to be like, hey, I understand my position in this room. I'm not going to try to disrespect you, but this is what we need to work on. Whereas O line coach is like, hey, motherfucker, that's your seat right there. That's your seat <laughs> yeah, right dude. there. They really are militant, bro. Like, uh, I played for Andy Heck last year, who was a tremendous offensive line coach, and he is militant in his approach. Now I've had other great coaches. Aaron Cromer was not militant. He was like more relaxed, but he was still a hey motherfucker. Like this is how we do it. I feel like D line coaches let you let you kind of vibe on your
6: own thing. At the, at the end of the day, I feel like offense is just so the offensive line position is just so much more methodical than D line. I think D line you kind of like you kind of who you are it's at, at that position. You get the I mean you, at the end of the day, if all else fails, see ball, get ball. Mm-hmm. It's, and of course you gotta line up properly and all that stuff, but offensive line, you, it's, it's, you got assignments, you got different looks. If we're gonna block it this way, they look line up like this and it's just, you know what I mean? It's so much more into it that I think the coach has to be like that.
0: And there's more stuff to fuck up, as you said. There's more opportunities to mess up and have a mental error. The I in, When I was in New England, I got, I got a taste of what it was like to be on an O-line because that's how much you think on the the, the D-line in New England. Now, the scheme's probably changing a little bit, and, and this year I, I have a feeling it's going to change, but um, there's a lot of variables. Like, you can get to the line, and, and high could be like, I used to yell at high, what's the call, what's the call? Like, turning my head behind me, panicking, because there'd be so many fucking variables in that defense. It's one of the few like it anymore, but you're right. Like, most of the defenses I played in was like, getting that nine, you know which side's the hot side, you know which side's the balance upside, and let's go get it. And that's yeah. kind of the mentality. So, Why do y'all wear those dumb boss shark? They're not cleats. They're like fucking molded. How do you plant your feet in the ground with those? What are they're y'all amazing. doing? What are y'all
6: I, doing? I don't wear those.
1: Okay, see, there we you go. wear the sexy cleats, huh? I'm an athlete. You wear yeah, Jordans. Yeah, yeah. You wear like hey, Jordans or something. I resent that. Fuck. I, 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 I resent that. Oh, fucking no. I want to hear what,
6: <laughs> what kind no. of boats is he wearing. I, I wear the the cold elites, but I I can't wear the 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 what is the boss like the, sharks. Get that the, shit the, out of here. Bottoms like I got I gotta have spikes.
0: Yeah, dude, and you gotta have swag. Those things are weak. Um, no offense. All right, so there's another O lineman. Speaking of guys coming out in the draft, you're the biggest guy currently in the NFL. That could change soon. There's a Minnesota kid, six nine, three eighty. Like, what, what? What do you think? If you had advice for that kid, like because you. Somebody here is six eight six nine. Some people think like the leverage isn't gonna be there, like maybe it won't work, et cetera, et cetera. I think like to go along with your kind of underdog thing is like it's hard to be that big and and be great in the NFL in a lot of ways, with all the leverage rushers and that sort of thing. What's that kid gonna struggle with that maybe he's not thinking about? What advice would you give him?
6: Well, first and foremost, I'd whatever you feel comfortable playing at, weight wise, and you can sustain and be healthy, go forward. You know what I mean? I think Early on in my career, I, me being the seventh round, I felt like I had to like fall. I, I felt to a lot of pressure because of my weight. Like I wasn't really able to perform like I would like to, just because day in day out I'm in the sauna killing myself trying to make my weight. You know what I mean? Like I'm when you're naturally a big person, you know what I mean? It's not really easy to drop 15 pounds for a weigh-in type shit. You know what I mean? Or I wouldn't say 15 pounds, but, I mean, he's 380. They're going to try to make him get to, like, 365 at least. And I, I can promise you that. But I, like I told Makai Beckton a couple years ago, right? like, play your game, bro. You know what I mean? If, if, it, if it works for you, it works for you. If it's not working for you, of course, you got to change it up. But if it's worked for you thus far, I don't see why I change it. I don't I don't think people who aren't big understand what it means to just be naturally big. Like it's just it's it's different. Like I you could you could probably I could sit on my ass and do nothing and be 370. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I, I just I just wouldn't I wouldn't fall to the pressure of weight. I I I put performance first and uh just try to maintain where you are and just ball out.
0: Yeah, it's true. Because in the old NFL, especially when people were really hardcore on, on weigh ins, like dudes would be in the sauna with the with the sweatshirts. Like it's like a bad it's a bad deal. It's not healthy. And like to your point, I remember coaches messing with my weight. I had a coach late in my career who was like, "You should drop your weight and get under two sixty because that's what you know." Like some other co- players I played or coached uh, did because it because you lose speed right as you get older. So they try to get you lighter as if that's going to make you faster. But guess what? If I'm 33 and 255, I'm not any fucking faster. I'm just weaker. And setting an edge is tougher. And setting an edge is tougher. I don't want to see this guy, dude, like out there. Oh, yeah, I dropped 10 pounds. How cute is that? Orlando Brown. I'm still not running around him, so what the fuck is the point?
1: Orlando Brown came to the Chiefs, and he switched from right tackle to left tackle, Ravens to Chiefs. And great dude, by the way, very hard worker, loves his craft like I'm sure you do, to watch him have the freedom with his weight. To be like, hey, as long as you can run, as long as you can feel good, we're going to run a lot. So just keep that in mind. Orlando found that sweet spot, and he's been grooving with it, and he feels great. He's going to stay the same, and to your point... Do your thing. Be you. Yeah. Um, Don't let somebody try to take you out of your strengths because that's
0: a strength of yours. You're imagining you. Yeah, be dude, it. like, that's kind of a fucking cool thing that separates that's, you that's from men else. Right? Yeah. Do you win those races up the hill against Shaq Mason? Mm. Well, Shaq's down in Tampa now, but you know those <laughs> races up the hill?
6: Yeah. I mean, Shaq is a free athlete in his own right. I mean, I think he ran like a eight. I just remember
0: sitting there every time and Bill would be at the top of the hill and Shaq would win every time. And he'd be like Shaq by a nose. Like that was like his favorite dude to side bet or something. Yeah. Like, I
6: mean, I think the, the group here. Yeah. And it's kind of surprised me when I got here. Cause I mean, for me to be my side, I think I moved pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I, I ran a five one at three fifty, but when I got here, everybody was pretty much rolling in the room. Yeah, and uh, I, won a, I won a few races, but not against Shaq, though.
4: But Joe,
0: DA, you know, Joe was there. You know, like, uh, I forget who the other tackle was. I mean, Marcus Cannon wasn't a, a burner. And Leadrian's uh, Adri- Le- not a burner, but a lot of fast guys. It's funny. He said he ran a 5-1. I ran a 5-1 last 5-1 year when I was is, fucking around Cruiser. Bro, I ran a five one at two fifty last year. Two years or three years out of football, he did it at three fifty. Freaking nature. Okay, I want to ask you about your first two stops real quick. One thing from each man, and they're big. They're big stories that I think are important. Like number one, you know, like you were in Vegas. Gruden, a lot came up with him over the last year. He said some things that were awful, and you know, he was held accountable for for those things. Like, how did you feel when that came out? Because you know, like you you were around him every day.
6: In a weird way, I wasn't really surprised, but I I don't think around the team he says any of that type of stuff, which, I mean, of course he wouldn't. Of course, because you would have heard about it before, but I wasn't really surprised, you know what I mean?
0: It was a shock, but it wasn't. Like, you can never be shocked. People don't just walk in and announce they think that way. Right. Right. So it's like, of course, you're going to catch him up. Yeah, you know, you're going to get caught up. And you're going to find out that way. He's not going to walk into a room full of people. Like, he's not going to walk up to Trent Brown and say some sideways shit. Like, uh, you're going to find out through an email or something. That was a mess, man. You know what else was a mess in Vegas? It was that IV situation, dude. That
6: was another reason why I had to get up out of there. To, I, ha- so I
0: That happened to me once. I didn't have to go to the hospital and almost die like you. But, like... They left the i v in too long, I'm not gonna say where it was, and I looked down right before a game, and I had a baseball coming out of my arm, basically. I don't know how it was for you because the air was just i guess they you know like the air was filling up that area. What happened with yours
6: so the air was the air was well they had stuck me several times this this is the arm I usually go in every yeah, yeah. the right arm I got the vein I can point to it every time yeah uh, usually successful. But I mean, over the course of time with the Raiders, like every week they were sticking me a couple times. You know what I mean? But this week in particular, they came over to the left arm and I was coming off of COVID. And they they tried to blame it on COVID, but I just had just gotten cleared from COVID. So that made no sense. Yeah. Um so they stuck this arm a couple times again, finally found a vein. They running, I I get two bags before every game. They weren't paying attention, to neglect, and they uh I got the air was just going in my vein. They pulled it out. Finally, when they did catch it, and I was sitting in the chair, like a regular chair. You know how locker rooms are. A regular folding chair. And I just they pulled it out and I passed out. Damn. Uh, I couldn't feel my limbs, uh, my chest was hurting. Like i was just like shaking it got real cold i was nauseous dizzy eyes rolling to the back of my head and shit like that that was a it was a real scary time and so i spent about i spent about three days in the hospital by myself of course with one of the athletic trainers and it was another thing that was so crazy to me is like y'all trying to blame this shit on covid but then y'all send me back home on a commercial flight (sighs) that that doesn't add up you know what i mean so like make it make sense. And then you have, I fly from Cleveland to Denver on a layover, which was like an hour and a half layover. And then I fly to Vegas. So that shit was stupid. Jesus, then we dude. Then we, then we have this whole team meeting like that Wednesday. And they're trying to say it was because they found something wrong with my heart, but nobody's ever found anything wrong with my heart. In the 25 years I've been playing football, And so now all of a sudden, but then all of a sudden you guys want to hire a professional nurse phlebotomist to travel with us and administer IVs at every home and away game.
0: Which is an admission that you didn't know what the fuck you were doing, maybe. Thank you. Yeah,
6: exactly, dude.
0: But yeah, I mean, stuff like this happens, (laughs) like. Like it shouldn't happen, but it's happened, man like i they were putting air in my veins too, and maybe if I'd have sat there as long as you i'd just like and then you know you talk about tyrod taylor's uh injection <laughs> like it's dangerous to get ready to play a football game it's dangerous to play a football game it 's dangerous, dangerous before to, you even get on the field yeah let 's not even talk about the the car ride to the stadium. Let some people tell that's really dangerous, uh all right, well, San Francisco, man, I remember playing you, and I remember. One of the reasons I remember that game in 2016 when we came to San Francisco was I got to play cap for the last time. And I played cap like a lot in my career. Like he was in division, he used to torch us. And we used to get after his ass, but he used to torch us. And I thought that year, I thought he did fine, dude. Like I, I, when people talk about cap now, I'm like, did you not watch 2016? I'm not saying he was a top five quarterback, but that man deserved respect like any other quarterback in the NFL. So I'm kind of curious, you, who was there, like for anybody who, who's at home, like he was ass in 2016. Like, how did you feel about playing with Cap and what kind of
6: teammate was he? I thought Cap was a cool teammate. Um, I, well, I kind of I knew of him a little bit before I got in the league anyway, just because one of the guys from my hometown, Ricardo Lockett, they were kind of close and they hung out a lot. So I, I kind of followed Cap a little bit before I got into the league. And um, then... When I got there, like I, all I knew Captain B was a star. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, wow. I didn't think he was a terrible quarterback. I think, I think, I think, I, think I, I still think he's, if he's in the league right now, he's definitely not, it's not 32 quarterbacks better than him. Uh, <laughs> so I think, I think he deserves another opportunity. I, I hope he gets it. Um, where i don't don't care i don't think he even cares i just hope he gets another shot i think he deserves
0: it i agree i'm glad to hear you say that because you know like i I always tell people i'm like people want to tell me i'll get in arguments on behalf of cap or i'll get in arguments because of you know some of the ignorance that people say and i'm like bro first off like you're wrong about everything anyways but secondly cap is right about things and he should still be in the league like I played him in 2016, so people will send me stats and be like, this this justifies why he's not in the league right now, this, that, and the third, as if it's not anything other than what it is. And here's a guy who played with him who said, he doesn't think right now there are 32 quarterbacks better than Colin Kaepernick. And I would tend to agree, maybe. I mean, like, Same. give him 10 weeks. Yeah. Like also, I'm not saying the first day he's a top thirty two. He needs a I little think there's time, without
1: a doubt that he's a he's a he's an top NFL tier NFL backup. And he, yes. Like That'd without be, a doubt. And five then, years and off opportunity to compete. I you mean, got five years off. That's hard to You want come to talk about from. an underdog story. If, yeah. if that ever happens, yeah. fuck Trent. That'd be awesome. I,
6: I don't I mean, I don't think what he tried to stand up for warranted him not having a job. I agree. It's nature of the beast, nature of the business. It's crazy, but it is what it is. Uh, well,
0: I, I hope we see him again. I mean, yeah. it'd be pretty fucking cool. All right. Well, Trent Brown, appreciate you. We're out of time. We appreciate you being so gracious with your time, dude. And uh, I hope to I hope to catch you soon, man. It'd be nice to run into you when I don't have to set an edge on you. That'd be cool. Thanks see for your time. Dude.
1: Thanks, Trent.